0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Another week, another discussion here with Rico and Marcus, and let's see what we got going on this
1: week. Uh, last night, I finally got to see the Batman movie, and I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I'm a big uh, Batman fanboy. has always been my favorite superhero. Uh, I thought it was good. Uh wasn't my favorite though but uh for me one of the things
0: with the one of the things that has always uh been like one of my loves of the Batman character is uh kind of the duality and the de- the codependence of Bruce Wayne and Batman
1: uh so I think maybe that absence of like that other side is kind of what hurt some of the film for me uh, you know because without without bruce wayne there is no batman
0: and batman's able to do whatever it is he does right but then ultimately the guy that pays the price for you know the physicality especially like the way we see him in this film super aggressive very like doesn't give a crap about anything like we don't really
1: see the the other side of it where he's like paying the price for being that kind of batman So I don't know. Uh, I know I've talked to some of my friends about it, Marcus included, and they loved it.
0: But for me, like that's the aspect that was missing for me. And for some reason, I just was not a fan of the of the Bruce Wayne. I think uh, maybe in the first. I mean,
1: spoilers. Uh, in the first scene that he has with Alfred, uh, he Alfred is telling him about different things he has to do, keep up appearances. Uh,
0: he needs to do something. I think with some invest. I, I don't. Know, I don't think it was investors, but something along the lines.
1: You know, typical Bruce Wayne shit. Uh, and I think right away he says, uh,
2: "I don't care about that." And then he says
1: something like, uh, "What? What? What else did he say?" He, he just said I, he dropped three
0: lines back to back to back. And I was like, OK, Sasuke, like, <laughs> what's up? <laughs> I was like, OK, like, Mr. Spoiled Brat Kid, like, this is what we're doing, huh? And then, I, I don't know, like, to, that that's what was missing for me, because Batman was was great. I thought the the little chemistry that there always is supposed to be between Catwoman and Batman was great. Uh, Riddler to me, my favorite, my favorite part of the movie was probably penguin, but to me, the Riddler was amazing. Like he best Riddler we've ever had hands down, uh, penguin too. I think that's the best Oswald flash penguin we've ever had. Uh, I think the only thing that comes close is maybe the penguin, both penguin and Riddler are also very prominent characters in the Gotham series, which I know. A lot of people probably haven't watched but it's actually very very good uh for if you're a batman fan
3: what harley quinn no i'm joking
0: (laughs) no it's actually very good because it's uh it's so much more investment
1: about different different uh villains that you know especially like being that riddler and
0: uh riddler's character and penguins character in particular are reoccurring characters you get to see them go through ups and downs and turn into those villains and yes like in the background you have like a a a child bruce kind of grows up into becoming batman and he actually doesn't become batman until the season finale spoilers again but uh it's a lot more about him growing up and Gordon and how Gordon kind of Gordon is actually probably like the main protagonist. That's another thing. Like Gordon was kind of weak. This movie, I thought, which I'm okay with. I agree. With, yeah. w- which I'm okay with. Like okay. I didn't. I didn't. You don't. You don't watch this movie to watch Gordon. But it wasn't one of the best. It wasn't uh,
2: the best. Gordon and Alfred was okay. No, no.
1: I don't know whatever. Well, that's that's all my thoughts on the movie. I don't know okay. what you well, what, what oh, you what oh, you felt. You know, I,
3: I didn't know you were finished. I was listening, wondering if you had anything else to kind of add into it. Well, my take was, and I did see the movie a little uh, a lot earlier, right? Uh, Rico waited so it came out on HBO Max, and uh, well, watching it in theater, right off the bat, I I'm, I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan. I think he's amazing in anything he does. You know, and people always judge him for the whole Twilight thing, but you got to watch the other stuff. That he's brilliant. And um, right from the get-go, right, Batman has that edgy, gritty, really, uh, noir, you know, feel to it. And um, it set the tone for the entire movie. Now, uh, and I was telling Rico about it. There wasn't a lot of Bruce Wayne, and I know Rico's a big advocate, and, and likes, you know, has, I love that duality because it's obvious, right? Bruce Wayne needs Batman, and Batman eats Bruce Wayne. You know, they're, they're, they're two pieces of the same coin. But being a Batman movie, <laughs> I thought he was fantastic, right? And you got to see a lot of Batman's kind of weaknesses, right? Because every time we see Batman, he's, this you know, he can take over the show. He can beat anybody, you know, money is no object. Things are no object, right? You know, martial arts is, is no thing for him and he, he wins. He wins fair and square usually most of the time, right? In this case he's getting his butt whooped, he gets shot at, he gets stunned, he gets knocked down. Even even to regular criminals, regular gang fresh from the beginning, he's getting, he, he's getting he's getting beat, knocked down. So it's kind of cool to see that they humanize him in such a way. And I really, that was one of my you know, the aspects I really, really loved. And as far as the villains are concerned, you know, let's face any any villain can steal a whole movie because you know villains just people like villains more right they seem they seem to have more in depth more depth in their character they seem to be more mysterious you could always just kind of go and kind of figure out um you know your own style with these villains and Paul Dano man that thriller was phenomenal like and there's a reason and somebody said you know it was another one of my buddies he said well yeah you know he 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 could have stolen the whole show but uh, he made a good point was you never really saw the Riddler get his own scene. And I think the director kind of did, something like, did that on purpose, right? Because if, whereas people kind of think of Heath Ledger's Joker and how he stole the show and, and Heath Ledger's Joker, like he completely just stole the entire you know the dark knight film in my opinion anyways and but joker had his own scenes right with the pencil and when and he just you know took over everything he was in including with batman you know the wrong choice of words knocks him over you know and he does the whole you know that's and he does a whole little grenade thing right or in this movie paul dano seems to it's even the big one they're on screen when batman's on screen you know and I think that obviously that the director kind of did that on purpose just to make sure he did it because they were fantastic. Oh, the penguin and Colin Farrell, man, godly. Like he's funny, he's with it, he knows what's up, he has a lingo, he has a sling. you know. And, and, and again, this is already on You're dealing with young, young Batman, and it's. I thought it was really cool to see, you know, because that story is never really told, at least not in you know media and stuff like that, as compared to the comic books. But you don't really see that that story, right? It's always either origin story or. You know, super cool Batman who already has all the uh, villains under his belt, right? And he already has all his arch enemies. And we don't know those people yet. So, I thought that was cool. Um, I'm not sure if Riku has seen the... Have you seen the uh, the Joker teaser? The the deleted scene?
0: Yeah, that I've seen. So... What you think of I, that? I, was, I, I was actually very... I mean, I, I thought it was good. Uh, but I actually am happy that they... Stayed away from the Joker this movie because... We've had we've had so much Joker now, like in the last couple of years, that it's hard. It's hard not to compare right away him to that like godlike Joker that we had in the Dark Knight series in Christopher Nolan's version uh, in the Dark Knight movie. Uh, so I, I liked it, and I, I I love the different take on it. And I'm all, I'm always for a Joker, but I feel like it hurts. Sometimes it hurts. Not not the character, but it hurts maybe like the performance that people just want to compare, like especially coming off of this last Joker that we had that was phenomenal. Like, okay, we're gonna do this again. So I'm a I'm a big fan of that actor that they have playing him. Uh, I I don't remember his name, but I did see I did see that it is confirmed that he is the Joker. I think that the people were were like kind of debating on who if he's actually the joker or not but i think the director
1: did say that he is in fact the character of the joker before he takes on that persona i think is what i heard him say yeah he's the joker before he's the joker
3: yeah exactly and and you kind of see that i I thought his makeup though what do you think of his makeup man
0: oh it was awesome
3: yeah, for sure, his makeup was good. I I, I got a couple of little like Heath Ledger vibes with the laugh, man. I, I honestly think he nailed it, and I, I and I'm with you. I'm glad they left him out because had they brought him in, you they would have taken away he, just his presence alone, regardless. Because everybody would have been hoping for that, would have taken away from you know uh, the Riddler and 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 Penguin. So I thought it was I thought it was awesome as a deleted scene. You kind of gave him his whole his whole spiel later on, and you know. He was he was good, man. That that scene was intense, man. It really was, and you know even the whole you know the www dot ah oh man, it was uh, it was a Spanish word. I totally forgot. But you know the Batman website was totally cool too. Like it was it was awesome. It was it was yeah
1: good. the the
0: Rata right El Rata the Rata. La rata.
3: El, el, there El go. El Rata that's, that's what it is El Rata.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, as far as like the Eric Hogan. <laughs> oh, yeah, there we go. because uh, I just saw him in uh, Eternals in Marvel's Eternals, and I was a big fan of his character in that film. Uh, but in terms of like the the way they played off Batman, like, it was to me, it was like a, a mix of different Batmans that I've seen throughout the years. Uh, because we 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 have like versions of that new-ish Batman under like some comics. And I think there's even a move. I think I, I remember seeing an animated film where it's, it's called Batman year one. And that's like early Batman, like where he's kind of just figuring it out, doing this thing. So that's kind of like the timeline that we're seeing here. But then the style of Batman is actually like, I, I don't remember what the older, I don't remember what the, what the, what the series of comics is, and there's actually movies about it too, where Batman is a little bit older, where he's the older version of himself. And at that point in his career is usually where they portray Batman as a lot more aggressive and gritty and that he doesn't care anymore. He he no longer pulls punches. And that's actually the way that Batman was supposed to be. We were supposed to have that style of Batman with Ben Affleck's Batman there he's like at the end of his career ready to retire where he doesn't where he doesn't pull punches and, and stuff like that but then obviously like ben affleck's batman was scrapped uh and then we ended up with with this series instead uh i believe i believe they kind of went into that a little bit with with christian bale but they didn't really tie we didn't really see that crazy aggressiveness because
1: obviously the 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 uh, bad guy in that movie was bane and you're not going to out aggressive bane yeah uh
0: so yeah it it was it was an interesting like mold molding together of like those two different versions of batman that i'm familiar with uh which i thought was good and uh the setting i thought was phenomenal i love the 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 like noir and the way like Gotham was very dark, and a lot of like the camera work was was was,
1: like played a role in that. Uh, The music, I like the music, but for some reason, the song that plays whenever Batman
0: is on screen, it, I it reminds me so much of one of the songs from Star Wars that I could not unhear, like that Star Wars song which is actually Darth Vader's theme. So like, there's no way it it, it was so similar. I, I, I haven't listened to them together, but I need to do that to see like, okay, like distinguish. Okay. This is how they're very different and kind of break that. Uh, What else did I, there was some things that I caught on to that. I wasn't sure. Oh, oh, so there's one scene at the very end of the film. Oh, well, let me go back to what you were saying about how, uh, real quick about Batman taking a lot of punishment see that that's part of uh the Bruce Wayne dynamic for me we see Batman take a lot of punishment but you don't you don't see Bruce Wayne paying the price for that which I like to see because that even goes further to show like this guy is not like a superpower superhero he's just a guy like everybody else but he does all this. So like uh you know in other films like you see him like having to recover and he's being nursed back to health by Alfred uh and stuff like that. So uh, that that dynamic to me was missing a little bit, but I did like that he talked that he did take a lot of punishment and he wasn't just like some like I'm just going to solo everything. I I I appreciated the struggle. Um yeah, for sure. But then in one scene, like towards the end,
1: when uh, right at the end, when they're in uh, uh, in the arena and he gets shot and he
0: gets shot and Se- Se- uh, Selena saves him.
1: Selena, a.k.a. Catwoman, saves him. And then she's about to be killed. And he pulls out what it- what looks like some kind of green serum. Which to me, right away, I was like,
0: "Is that freaking like Bane serum?" Yeah. <laughs> right away, like I was like, "Is that Bane's like, uh, you know, I, I, of course it could just be a what do you call it when you shoot people up with a what adrenaline? A, a, adrenaline. Like, is it just some kind of adrenaline it, shot? But it, the thing? fact that it was green, I was like, uh, is this is that what I think it is? And then he just all of a sudden loses his mind, gets real aggressive, and I'm just like,
1: "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!"
0: I don't know. I don't know if you you kind of caught that and thought the same thing right away too. No,
3: oh, no, no. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, I was waiting for you to finish. Yeah, it looked green. It was green. It looked like a pottery substance. I, I think a bit. Um, and there was a lot of Easter eggs. I don't know if you chalk that up to an Easter egg, um, but yeah, that that serum or whatever immediately made me think of of of, uh, of Bane. And obviously, you know, I think what this what this one does in terms of, like, um, introductions, right? Because, again, it's not a Batman origin story. It kind of is. It's a different Batman origin story, right? Um, but you never really see, again, how he even manages, how these villains even become arch, you know, villains to Batman in the first place. So, you know, kind of seeing some of these Easter eggs and possibilities that something may happen in the future with all these guys. I, I know some people are actually calling for Mr. Freeze. Because it's been years since we've had a Mister Freeze, and and Rico said earlier when it came to Joker, like we've seen a lot of Joker. How you've seen Joker in, in in the Harley Quinn show, you've seen Joker in in the uh, there, he has his own comic book, and he's had his own comic book for a while already. Uh, you've seen Joker in just about every single piece of you know anything Batman related. You're gonna say Joker because people love Joker, so it's a breath of fresh air that you know Joker is not the focal point yet anyways Yet, and, he, and i i wouldn't even mind that he they tease him a little bit in part two maybe for part three i would love to see you know other people kind of come in and you know show batman a you know that there's different there's different fish out there right uh rather than just you know joker so i thought with paul dano's riddler and uh colin Farrell's penguin he did such a fantastic job with that for sure and then you mentioned commissioner gordon and, and I was okay with that, too. He was a little awkward. I was, he was probably one of the ones I was going to make him because I'm reading talks like this, and I don't know why. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, hey, you like, like it's that one scene where they put him in prison, right, Or he's in jail and he's around by the cops, and he's just like, uh, I only have one ticket to get you out, so just follow my lead." It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> to, to,
0: to be fair, I think that actor kind of does that voice every, every role he's into. So, I mean, he wasn't... Uh...
1: You don't watch you don't watch it for Commissioner Gordon, you right? But it, I mean, yeah, he, he you was...
3: But I mean, when you have Gary Oldman over in the Christopher Nolan series, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was a little interesting. You know, his character was a little funny. But again, you're right. Like you're not watching it for Commissioner Gordon. Watch for everything else um one of the underrated scenes that i thought was awesome and and, and it's probably gonna you know because it's a bruce it's that only one of the few bruce wayne scenes in that film is when they're in the church when i mean, yeah the church for the funeral you kind of see you kind of see the little emo batman right and bruce wayne or whatever like totally different from the charismatic charming batman that we usually see right and um i'm sure we'll get that bruce wayne later on you know the charming charismatic especially from robert patterson you're kidding me he'll make he'll make anybody's what i can only imagine um but yeah, you know, this emo long hair, you know, kind of, you know, you're you're you look like a, your typical Bruce Wayne emo boy. But when he became a detective, you know, again, you know, we kind of see Bruce Wayne kind of a hey, he's a detective. He, he's showing off his chops rather than, you know, trying to get his way with, you know, he oh, being a womanizer and, you know, being charming. So. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool little scene, too. And then the bomb explosion. He even took a hit at Bruce Wayne. Big old bomb. I think that would have killed just about anybody else. But not Bruce yeah. Wayne.
0: You, you see, I also really loved that scene. But to me, the scene... Like, to me, what I loved about that scene is when... He, he kind of is rubbing, he rubs shoulders with that guy that's kind of like bashing billionaires and stuff like that, because that's, that, that sets the, the tone for like what the setting is, you know, the, everybody rise up against the billionaires, like they're lying to us, you know, all the corporates and all that. But then when he catches a whiff of the son of the guy that was just murdered and he realizes that this guy, that this little kid no longer has a father. Like to me, that's, that's the essence of, That's the essence of Bruce Wayne that leads him to be Batman because he doesn't want what he, what he has gone through for anybody else. And then again, like the explosion or or the car and the crash, and he risks his life to, to protect that kid, even just as a normal guy and the emo Batman, like the whole time I'm just like, man, like, why are we doing Emo Peter Parker again,
3: like this. I don't know. I just wasn't. I, I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> Boy, we did get Batman with what is it? He had a uh, somebody. Somebody made a meme a, a while back that when he gets ready to become Batman, he carries a black eyeshadow for his eyes so he carries it around with him what. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs>
3: Which I'm okay with that. Like every
0: Batman has worn makeup at some point or another, right? But. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, thought the pacing the pacing was really fast, which also uh, for a lot of people, I think they would appreciate like, OK, just go, go, go. I, I would have liked a little bit of a slower story, but then uh, again, like the movie was already two hours. So
3: you're talking more at three hours, closer to three hours.
0: OK, minutes
3: or something like that, I think.
0: OK, so then, yeah, it was close to three, three hours. hours. So I I don't know, like I I would have liked a little bit more in between, but. You know I mean,
3: enough, a comment that I came across, and again, it was from the buddy of mine that I, I talked to at school. he says, "It didn't feel like three hours," he said, and he said, "I could have I watched more." So now I'm curious if you and him were on that same boat where you, you, you wouldn't have minded that slower progression, right?
1: No,
0: I wouldn't have. And I mean, I, I wanted to see like I, I want to see more Bruce. It, had it make me care, like it didn't make me care about obviously i want to see batman i want to see him kick some ass and stuff but it didn't i, I felt like i didn't have time to get invested in some- in oh, it, oh, yeah, yeah, in that. some of the characters like of course coming out i want to see a penguin series i thought that was like a masterful uh performance by penguin and we really didn't even see him that much
3: no you're right no penguin penguin but when he was on there he did you know steal the scenes it was in because, again, Colin Farrell is amazing. But we are getting that Penguin series. It's Big Green Late HBO Max is coming out with that spinoff. For, with yeah. Conner, Penguin, so,
0: which, which makes me so happy. And it's just that, like, coming out of this movie,
1: I feel like I want to see a Penguin series more than I want to see another Batman movie. If I had to pick, I would pick this, the Penguin.
3: Oh, wait. Good TV is good TV, man. And again, the longevity of it. True. Also-
0: True. the the mediums are very different
3: and then we're just going to wait for a peacemaker batman crossover <laughs> and peacemaker Okay. everybody and then we'll call it a season. <laughs> okay.
0: and then yeah. uh and then uh something else was the the story of uh the story of uh, batman's parents i think was a little bit altered in this movie which i actually really liked uh the whole story about uh Thomas Wayne reaching out to carmine Falcone
1: and yeah,
3: the, the, the thomas Wayne was was a good spin.
1: I thought that was a nice little spin uh I thought the role of Carmine
0: was okay. uh I still hold that the best Carmine Falcone is the one from the Gotham series that 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 character's so good if if for nothing else uh Falcone. And Victor Zaz
1: in the in the Gotham series, top tier. And villains you've never even heard of, awesome in the series. So any Batman fans out there, if you haven't seen Gotham, you got to check it out. Uh, all right. So I
2: think that's it for Batman. Uh, we did have the
0: Thor trailer come out this week. Uh which, uh, I thought was okay. Uh, big, one of the big stories is that we're not going to have Natalie Portman as the mighty Thor. Uh, she's coming back into the series after, I think she was what, in part one and two. She was, she wasn't in the last one and she's coming back for this one.
3: Yeah, she wasn't in part three
0: so uh, it was it's one of those trailers where like you can appreciate it because it shows you a little bit but it doesn't give away too much
3: yeah somebody I, actually put it kind of good um I, I just watched it on youtube right before we got on because i had not seen it, it was only in a minute half. um somebody mentioned the word it, it seemed kind of melancholic It's not kind of nostalgic as if something's going to happen um kind of just getting to reminisce right thor's adventure because you know he is the Consider what is or is or considers the strongest Avenger. And, you know, he's not just some um, guy with yeah, monstrous strength, Brute force is going to crush everything in his path, right? It kind of, they're kind of giving him that, that emotion, right? That love, especially when Nanny Department's on the scene, Um when her character's there, you know, you, you really get a different side of Thor. So I think that's what, that almost seems like that's what they're kind of getting into the whole um, kind of playing into his emotions quite a bit, instead of just making him this big, you know, bulky, Handsome man.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, I think it, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic
0: too, having the character of Jane Foster back, uh, Thor kind of interacting with her again, and then him kind of trying to get away from the mantle of being the leader of the Asgardians. Because last time we saw Thor, he kind of passes that over to uh, to the Valkyrie character. Uh, and she's supposed to now be like the leader of the Asgardian. So that dynamic of him kind of trying to move on from being a leader and kind of just what what is he what is he trying? What is he going to try and do from here? And then here comes Natalie Portman back into the series. And then we also do see that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be involved in this movie as well. So uh, is it, uh, you know, then in terms of the setting, like, is he going back to space? Are we going to see him? Now that uh, new Asgard is supposed to be on Earth, is it going to be mostly on Earth, mostly in space, kind of a mix of both? We also are going to see the return of a fan favorite, Korg, which, I mean, you got to love Korg. Uh, Played by uh, the famous director, what is his name? Uh, Yeah, Watiti. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see where they go with it, what
1: the story is going to be, and I'm really looking forward to it.
3: Likewise. Likewise. And and the trailer does not, what well, let me phrase that. It's not going to do the movie justice cuz it's going to uh, the obviously there's, there's something brewing there and and we know Marvel and their trailers, man. They're always they always have something up their sleeve.
1: Yeah, so now we can go into some unless is there anything else uh,
0: in terms of movies or TV or anything like that? I was going to pull into gaming, but do you have anything to add to that?
3: As far as movies are concerned, the only thing, uh, well, not the only thing, we um, actually did a double feature a while back, and I'm just going to kind of briefly talk about this. Um, everything, Everywhere, um, All at Once. Um, if you haven't seen that movie, um, multiverse, crazy, mind-blown. Just, you got to you got to give it a watch. It, it, I think you got it to watch at least once just to kind of appreciate the art style that uh, the director kind of went in that regard. So that's a great one. Um the other one you saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. If you're not if you haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog, gotta get on that too, because Sonic is amazing. I liked it. I'm I'm again I'm I'm a Sonic fanboy kinda of. played most of the games. Otherwise there's a comic book out there too, which kind of gets more into the um his hometown and anim- uh, kingdom and stuff like that. But uh you gotta watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The one I'm actually looking forward to is uh Northman and the Nicholas Cage movie. So um, Oh yeah. And I'll get back to you whenever we watch those, but the Northmen, man. you got to get on that.
1: Yeah. The Northmen looks pretty
0: good. Like I, I don't, I don't get like, I haven't seen like all these Norse Viking. I know that's like a big thing going on right now. There's a lot of TV shows on Netflix uh, that I see. There's the Viking series and stuff like that. And uh, my brother-in-law actually is really into all those shows and stuff. But for some reason, that Northman, I don't know what it is about all those trailers and stuff that I've been seeing. It looks like it's going to be good.
3: But that movie hasn't, hasn't gotten like, a, lot of, a lot of hype until recently. It came out and everybody's just... Honestly, it reminded me of, let's say, you're, you're, it looks like you're watching Gladiator with a Viking Norse mythology spin on it. So that was going to be a good one. That one's going to be a good one.
1: Yeah, and then the other one... Oh, you mentioned... Uh, what else did you say? A
3: Nicolas
0: Cage movie? Nicolas uh, Cage. The reviews, like, what? Like, I didn't see that coming.
3: The unbearable weight of massive talent. Neither did I. The reviews are already kind of stellar. And when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I might just watch it because I think they make, uh, uh, they throw Castro Troy at one of my favorite Nicolas Cage films in uh, Face Off. And uh, they show Troy, and I was like, is that, is that Goddamn Christopher Troy there? And he has one of the best scenes when he's kind of flipping out, starts laughing at the scene. So I was already almost of I and obviously Pedro Pascal, man. Oh man, man you, you're not gonna knock. So you're not gonna knock him either. So then you have Tiffany Haddish also in there, and it, it's it looks like it's gonna be a fun time um, with even Neil Patrick Harrison. It looks like it's just gonna be a trip. It's gonna be one of those trips in a good way. So I'm actually really looking forward to it because you know you're making a movie about a, about yourself, but you're playing you, but you're not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll yeah.
0: One. It looks interesting. I, I didn't expect that, but like, surely because of the reviews, like I'm going to have, I have to watch that movie to see what the, what the big yeah. deal is. Uh, so uh, transitioning over. over to having to experience something because of reviews and the big, what find out what the big deal is. Marcus finally finished Elden Ring. So we can finally go all out, talk about whatever. I don't have to hold back.
1: The game has been finished. Yes. So yes. with that, that being let, said, let me, with that being said, what did you think?
3: Let me tell you about my thoughts. And this is one of those games where you're You're playing for that journey. It it was all about the journey. It's all about the journey. You know, the ending was, I think, about a 30 second, maybe one minute tops, you know, uh, cinematic. And that's because Rico told me that, oh, that's that's one of the more um, not long ones, but one of the more unique ones, right? Because the other ones kind of just um, put two in this tarnished thing uh oh, elder lord you know game but and i was kind of at the end i was kind of act like the anti-climatic i was kind of let down. i was like what that's it like all my hard work all my 100 and, and by the way i put in a, my first playthrough i did clock it about 166 hours i was pretty over leveled at 190 so um it kind of made the late game a very very easier than it would have been um and that's because i didn't it was just me probably dying earlier on or just killing everything inside or probably just exploring and killing everything because i don't think i died too too much um i was handling my own pretty well um especially i was playing with a um, warrior build dual wielding the entire game i didn't use bloodhound step which i know was kind of frowned upon but i didn't use it until maybe until rico told me about it when i was already what at the Alice plateau maybe actually i was already past the capital or whatever and he says oh yeah man it's a good one i said what do you mean it's a good one i've been dodging this whole time <laughs> like so i was able to get the mechanics of the game especially the whole dodging aspect pretty good but again it was all about the journey it was the the it was just phenomenal. I and let me tell you, right when we, as soon as you entered, as soon as you got out of the first, of the first, um, uh, what is it, graveyard or grave or uh, uh, catacombs, the first hero's tomb, vignette, and you see this world there in, the, um, oh, what's it called, man? It's already um, the first, the first, um, it's the first area. It's it's uh, north. It's right above the Weeping we- uh, Peninsula. Um, oh, Lim-grave? L- yeah. Limgrave? Yeah, Limgrave. Limgrave, thank you. You see Limgrave and you're like, whoa, I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then you click the map and you're like, dang, Limgrave's huge. And you're exploring and exploring. And then you go to the Weeping, Weeping Peninsula and you're like, dang, it's another huge area. And then you're like, okay, well, then you go to Storville Castle, you beat it. Oh, snap, okay. Then you head over to uh, uh, Luernia and you're like, this is huge. And the map just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And then you realize towards the end of the game that you traversed this entire map. And you're like, oh, what the hell? And then you go and then you there's a... Uh, this this part blew my mind, right? Where you where you find the um, the elevator that takes you underground, and then you're like, shut. And I remember telling like, shut <laughs> the hell. Um, I was like, is there a whole different? Is there a whole different? You know, map underground. Sure enough, there's four areas underground. Said so this is, I was wow, this is crazy. And the game would have been overwhelming, and and I'm one to kind of get overwhelmed rather quickly. Not not in the sense that oh it's too much it's too much, but that it's big and that I'm going to invest you know in that investment. But the game did not feel like like that at all. It was it was a great journey. It was an amazing journey. I made I didn't want to end it. I didn't want it to end. Um, I was trying to find excuses just to you know hold off on the ending there. And I was trying to complete everything I could. and You know, and I know you can't, but I just wanted to kind of do as much as I could there at the end, um, so I could keep playing. You know. Because your first, no, there's nothing like your first playthrough. There's nothing like your first watch. There's nothing like your first game. Like, you know, the first the first impression is, is a lot. And I didn't, I didn't want it to end. And I I, I am going to play this game again. Going to get back into it. I'll pro, I probably won't be as, as tenacious and as completionist uh, this time around. So kind of get to enjoy just that part a little bit more just to kind of fight. I love the fighting aspect. The boss acts was a lot of fun. Learning you know, the movesets, learning, learning just the, the patterns, because, you know, coming back from those old, old games, you know, where you just got to learn these patterns. I want you to learn the patterns, you know, and people say, oh, you get good, get good, get good, you know, like, yeah, that's what it's all about. You're just learning patterns, learning rhythms and learning, you know, when to tag, when to dodge. And again, it's a game of patience. The more patience you have, the better. But ultimately, at the end of it all, phenomenal journey. I I my, my wish the ending would have made me feel a little bit more satisfying because I did want a little bit more, especially after putting all the work that I did. It w- it was a little dis- dissatisfactory just because, again, I-, I wanted that bigger payoff. But uh, you know, as far as the journey, it was amazing. And I remember Rico says, Marcus said, compared to Zelda. I said, what? The hell do you mean to compare it to Zelda? That's probably the only reason I got. On. Well, one of the only reasons I got on this game. So, but I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did
0: yeah from uh from my perspective i think uh you nailed pretty much a lot of it uh i think uh you know there's some there's just something about a game where you put all this time into a character and you can say you can run around and say this is my character this is how i play him these are my weapons these are my spells And they put a boss in front of you and you can say, Okay, I'm about to kick your ass in my way, the way that I like to. So there's just something about a game like that. And this one this one in particular just did it so masterfully. Like like you said, the the way you just start to go into this first area of the open world and you think like, oh man, like I actually thought this world was gonna be a lot bigger. And then whoa, 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 there's a whole nother section, like you said, like and then you're like oh okay well here we go like i'm almost done and then whoa th- actually there's another section and by the time you know it like you said there's this huge map and the underground and all these stories that are intertwined and
3: all oh, the npcs man i didn't even touch all the npcs god man.
0: <laughs> yeah all the oh, npcs that, at first you're kind of like oh okay like this is this person but then you happen to run into him again and then again and then again, and along the lines, like you kind of have some little experiences with NPCs, and you know, you kind of you, you go to like you go to like
3: them. them. Yeah. Uh you care. You, you 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 develop these, and it's right. real strange because it's not like you have a lot of time with these characters. You have maybe three or four quests. You're going to spend maybe an hour. But when and spoil and again, we're talking about it, so I'm going. I'm going spoilers all the way through. A lot of them die. If not all of them, died. <laughs> like. And I, I, I was like, what? I was like, Diallo's, like, why? Like, what? And, and then, and then you have Heykos, and I was like, oh my god, this was a bossa do.
2: Heykos,
3: Heykos, was it the Jarbird? Yeah. But then, and then when you see him just looking over Diallo's body, I was like, damn, like Diallo, and Diallo's kind of you know crazy there towards the end, and he wasn't the only one, you know. Um, Every, almost, almost all the NPCs died. I was like, "Oh my god!" And my, my one of my favorite characters was E.G. I liked E.G. and I liked blide You know, and everybody likes blide but E.G. was just a giant thing. And then I was like, you know, he says, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go down with blide because I should have done what I have done." And he becomes very, very forgetful right? And then he's on fire and he stays like that and he's dead. And you're like, what? What he okay cool cool he's dead too and
0: then live i was like oh okay he's dead too like what see um i remember when we when we uh first talked when i finished the game and we were talking a little bit about what ending i picked and uh we kind of had this little like back and forth of like okay like are we are we gonna are we team ronnie or are we team fia and i remember like kind of being a little sus of fia like and her being a deathbed, her like she tells you like straight up at the end of the game, like yeah, I mean at the very beginning of the game, like yeah, I'm 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 what's known as like a deathbed companion, and you're not really at that point, you're not really sure what that means, but yeah. then you figure that out along the game, and then of course uh, our first introduction to Ronnie in the game is where she gives you the summoning bell, and yeah. at that point she tells you her name is Rena, but along this along the game you uh, you understand who she really is. Uh, daughter of Ranala, sister of Radan and Rikard. Uh and I remember at one point I told you, like, I'm Ronnie all the way, but I'm suspicious of some stuff. And with uh with her two underlings, or two of them, I- I'm only gonna mention two because no one gives a shit about Syllabus. Like tell what that oh, guy.
3: Yeah, that. We're
0: about So Blight and, e. so and E. G. Uh within the lore uh, within the story i believe it's ronnie that contracts the black knife assassins to steal a piece of malekith's blade to kill the first demigod which is godwin or or the which is godwin which is the guy that fia fia wants to have his child
3: yeah who was Godwin's parents? Godwin's parents was well, his sister, right? Ronnie was a sister or a stepsister?
0: That's no, so well, actually, maybe his his parents would have been yeah. would have been mark and I think the the first king the first one. yes
3: uh, Godfrey so,
0: yes, Godfrey. Godfrey would have been his his yeah, his yeah, parents
3: yeah, because, yeah, because, so yeah, I remember
0: so with that story. And Ronnie's Ronnie's kind of tie to the Black Knife, the Black Knife Assassins. Uh, when I saw, because if you if you travel after finishing finishing uh, Ronnie's like quest, and you go and interact with Blight there at at uh, her tower, you see him kind of like along the way. You kind of learn that there's like a little bit of a curse in in. Blyde's relationship with Ronnie. I'm not. I still don't exactly understand it a hundred percent. But as it comes to being a ruler in Elden Ring, you have what is supposed to be like your shadow. Which to me, what I understood is that Blyde would be her shadow, but never like her partner. Yeah. And when you find him, and he's kind of like, uh, not, I wouldn't say confused, but he's kind of just like. You can tell he's sad and 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 something's going on with him, and you can see there. And he becomes hostile, and you fight him. You can see that he was holding off Black Knife assassins outside. You find dead bodies of Black Knife assassins. So I was like, "Is is she? Did she like?
1: Are they? Were they coming for Ronnie? And he was protecting her, or, or is she having him killed?" And. At first, I was kind of like, okay, I'm not sure which of these it is, but he was probably trying to protect her. But then, when
0: I go and find E.G., like homie is just straight up like dead and has like the that little like black knife death fire like coming out of him, and I'm like, whoa, he got killed by black knife assassins too. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I'm still a little unclear about whether Ronnie is hundred percent good, or
0: a little bit of like a in betweener. Uh, but I also, I also on my first playthrough went with her ending. Uh, like Marcus said, uh, I've I've played a little bit more of the game, so I've gone through two different endings. Uh, I believe there's seven. There's supposed to be another one that I think has been data mined, but it. Uh, I don't know if they just didn't put it in the game. Or maybe uh hint hint
1: DLC. Um, but I, I believe that five of them are pretty much uh not I wouldn't say exactly the same, but
0: they're pretty much the same style of ending, the same cutscene, but a little bit different dialogue, uh with a little bit of visual difference in the overworld. And then there's two that are pretty unique, one of them being Ronnie's, and then there's another one, uh I think called the uh, that has to do with uh uh chaos and the the felt flame or i, I don't remember exactly what it's called
3: is it the flame proprietor
0: something like that you basically inherit the frenzied flame
3: frenzied flame Yeah,
0: it's called the frenzied flame that that's another one that is unique and uh you actually burn a relationship i mean no pun intended you burn a relationship with an npc in the story uh because you go for that ending and uh i mean there there was just so much in the in the story and there was a couple things i think left uh unresolved for me which i mean hopefully means that we're going to have dlc but uh before i go further like uh, anything else you want to add on what i said or um
3: the only thing I want to say is that that lore, and I know it's written by George, George R. R. Martin, I'm not even sure how much it was written exactly by him, but I would love to see some sort of show on this because, again, going back to those characters, you know, you, the, it, it wasn't even, you, it was a story, a story t- told through text of what, maybe nine cutscenes and they were all a minute long. And it was a story told through the NPCs that were in the game to really enjoy the story and kind of get into it and i know people play this pv and they want pvp and they want multiplayer and you know they kind of just pay for the gameplay sake but i've always been a big proponent again i'm I'm an english so i've always appreciated a a good story especially one with a lot of potential this story here i would love to see a movie and I hope, I Local for a TV series, right? right? And, I, and I, we brought up uh, Arcane, like League of Legends, I absolutely loved it on Netflix a back, and I thought that was, you know, just awesome. Um, but, yeah, as, as far as story, content story-wise is concerned, even the endings, I, I, I myself did the Randy ending, and I was kind of, again, let, I guess not let down, right? But again, I was, like, I did the work, right? I put 160 bucks into this game, like, screw that i want to be open lord you know what i mean like, <laughs> like you know what i mean so um by second playthrough i'll probably be a lot more selfish again um but i do want the dlc to come i hope it comes i hope there's an expound honestly if they could treat it more like witcher 3 and get with this super crazy awesome expansion that you know is free and it has an additional 80 hours of content i would be on board and it's just one of those games where you know renrico asked well, "Are you gonna keep playing it it, it's, it's gonna be one of those games where and when I have time I'm gonna be playing it. We kinda of, I kinda of did it with Destiny when I was on Destiny for a little bit. It was a game you popped in, you talked and you kinda of did things. It's gonna be one of those games and I and I usually do that with Overwatch right now. Um it's going to you want to games or at a future time I watch want to, you know, hang out, talking online with the boys, I'll be playing it and I'll be progressing through the story, leveling up and you know starting starting new characters. So um, I am gonna be doing that, just FYI.
1: Yeah, I think uh,
0: something similar happened with uh, another series that I love, enjoy, and I'm looking forward to because it's uh, coming soon again, Uh, Mass Effect. I remember when uh, Mass Effect 3 was out and they said that your decisions in the game and how you play the game was going to matter. Then when it came to the ending, it was three different endings, uh, but they
1: didn't feel that different. Uh, And I think that's kind of what the same thing happened here.
0: Like I said, five, five endings are for the most part, the same. Uh, You, you might've actually liked going with one of those endings better because in those endings,
1: you see yourself on the throne and you are the, it shows that you are the Lord. Uh, Now, uh,
0: in terms of like the Ronnie ending, I believe in the lore
1: or at least in some of the thing breakdowns i've seen uh i'm not sure how it works because
0: uh based on what i've seen about like queen marika and the way her relationships worked was that you have queen marika is like the her being the queen she she doesn't really rule at least from what i understand she she kind of dictates based on her will is what
1: holds like the elden ring together Mm -hmm. and she is like the will of the land and she has a consort who ends up actually being the lord and ruling
0: the the kingdom or the 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 lands in between, as they call them in, this, in, this, in the game, based on like w- how she wants it to be ruled, which at first is... Uh, it was Godfrey, right? And then we end up having... There's other also Elden Lords that are mentioned uh, in some of the other lore. But then, of course, that's supposed to be her consort. So in the Rani ending, I'm not sure if... Ronnie is going to mend the ring and hold the ring because I know in her ending, she talks a lot about like ideals that she has and how she wants to rule like differently or, or mold the world differently. So I don't know if it's similar to the other endings in that like, she's going to be like the, the will of the world and you're actually going to be the ruler since you're the consort, but it doesn't physically show you in the, in the uh, cut scene, like that, you're that you end up on the throne. Yeah. So that is, uh, I,
1: I'm not a hundred percent sure, like how they're actually different uh, in that way.
0: Mm. Uh, again, like I said, I have seen a little bit of explanations and I still don't a hundred percent grasp everything, but I think I have a little bit of an idea uh but uh masterful game visually gameplay wise music wise and so many different ways to play and to me like infinite replay value because you know no journey is going to be exactly the same unless that's what you want you know you can go in there and be uh a strength player, dexterity player, like Marcus, a dual wielder. We have bleed builds. We have people going through just archery. One guy, I've seen people pass the game in seven minutes. I've seen people pass it. People that still are, are still going on their first playthrough. I saw one guy. There's an uh, there's like a particular like skills that you can use called Ash Ash of War. One guy passed the entire game just doing a butt stomp
1: the whole game that's all he did and killed everything with a butt stomp i saw another guy play with he passed the whole
0: game with summons didn't do not one not one point of damage the whole game so i mean it is it is like to make of it whatever
1: you want uh so if if you're on it enjoy it if you haven't, give it a go. Uh, what else do we got here?
3: I do want to follow that up. What, what are you looking forward to next?
1: Uh, next game or next in Elden Ring?
3: Next game. Because, I mean, I mean we'll, be, we'll be playing Elden Ring, right? So what's the next thing that you're actually looking forward to? That right? you're going to be playing. And I, I'm not necessarily like we played Elden Ring. Right? but just In general, that you're going to have a fun time. Soon. Reset. Recent because you know if I say I will poke at the Pokemon, the next Pokemon. What Pokemon? Well, what what's like Pokemon?
0: dude, I was about to say uh, that you know me said, too I
3: said, well. I said recent and not- oh Pokemon November. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh it's April.
0: Yeah, me over here like <laughs> Come on man.
3: Elden Ring two, Elden Ring Three, uh can't wait for part four.
1: Yeah, uh so in terms of things that are coming up. i I don't really
3: have have, right maybe for two at least for me till june i don't think anything's coming back.
1: a little bit i think the things that i was excited to try was uh were tiny tina's wonderland
0: and the new kirby game but you know just the timing of it coming out coming out after elden ring and i still have a desire to play those games but I'm still not done with Elden Ring, and I'm I'm gonna I have like this little hangover, if that makes sense, of just playing this game where I'm like not ready
1: like to fully commit to something else yet. Uh, In terms of upcoming games, I don't really see anything that I'm too too too.
3: Yeah, because usually, like a lot of things, kind of just. And we just do a good job of picking them up, well, either they might come to Game Pass or a game that we don't know about just so it all of a gets popular. Uh, but looking at what's coming out, there there are some that I might play later on down the road. They're not for me. They're not necessarily the must plays. Um, I know we've been looking for that Friday the Thirteenth type of clone game, and I've always been on the lookout, right? Because we, because we had a fun time when that game came out, man. Just eight players. Uh, one of us is Jason. The rest of us are are, are campers, and that was a fun one. So I was actually looking at Evil Dead, and uh, there was no one called the Quarry, but I think the Core is more of an adventure type game where you're kind of by yourself. But ultimately mm-hmm. in June, I have Fire Emblem Warriors, the Three Hopes, and I, I love Mushu games. And then in July, of course, there's you know, Blade Three, who which just got um, it was supposed to come out of, uh, come out of September, but when they released a the new trailer, it's coming out July 29th. So you best believe the other one is actually Digimon Survive, um, <laughs> and Live a Live. There's a couple of games I can, I can go on, right, but.
0: And,
3: again, yeah, just
0: to mention not- a few, at least thirty <laughs>
3: games that maybe looking forward to. I mean, again, right? Like it's just a matter of you know, kind of getting into a micro, and, and the other one I think is we're always looking for the next multiplayer party game to play with our friends. Mario Strikers Battle League is coming up in June, and that one looks pretty damn cool. Um, I think the last one we played was in GameCube, obviously. So like, you know, they made a comeback with that one. So um, I, I get, I guess, as far as immediate, I would say June uh for me personally which is awesome because there's a month and a half for me to kind of take out these um either backlog games to replay some games you know that i want just to get it pre- prepared for these games that are coming out or at least for me you know a bit a fire emblem um i did just, i was saying rico a while back um right after right, right after other ring i did play a game that had in my backlog for about man, what was it i, I don't want I, I bought it the day it came out um it wasn't a day it came out, it was a year it came out. This game came out in 2010 here in the US, and I had it in my backlog since 2011. So I've had it in my backlog for about 10, 11 years. Um, nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. It's a game for the DS. They just re-released the remake for the uh, for the games. Uh, remastered, all that good stuff, voice acting, and they have part one and two on there. It's a visual novel. And it's, it's roughly about, what, 20 hours worth of reading. And I finished this game in about two days-ish because I was just so hooked on the story, and it was really good. Um, so I do plan on playing part two. And I know this does have a small niche of, uh, a small niche of fans that actually really, really enjoy the story. Um, so just a little shout-out to that one uh, just to kind of close out what I'm looking forward to.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, I think my, on my end... Uh, right away when I think of games I'm looking forward to, like, I'm thinking, like, day one games that I want to play. And
1: I think right now, the only two games that I see are, again, obviously, Pokemon, anything Pokemon. Oh,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: and then, uh, uh but there's this new game, Starfield
3: starfield
1: you've
0: been talking about that for a while i i i think it's due for november the i want to say the 11th is what i think i remember if i'm correct but we see, 11th, yes
3: you're right
0: you see like i'm a big uh i had never played an uh a bethesda game until skyrim elder scrolls 5 which was 2011 i believe so uh we have elder scrolls uh, no, we had an announcement a couple of years ago for elder scrolls 6 but between now and then starfield is the big bethesda game and it's due in november and we still we still don't even know what it is so that mystery has me so curious like what are they doing what are they hiding like is it gonna be a masterpiece is it gonna be a flop like i'm just so intrigued like what is this game i have to like know
3: Uh, so starfield might just do the same (laughs) uh,
0: again again i see here starfield november 11th and then again uh pokemon uh i actually do have a bunch of games that i have that i play regularly but i go in and out uh being overwatch destiny 2 uh Actually, today they just announced the next deal, the DLC for uh, Outriders, which looked pretty interesting. So I might go into that game a little bit again.
2: Uh, That
3: game together, dude. I'll I'll download it again. I mean, we stopped playing, right? We got there towards the end, but that was a game on Game Pass that we just.
2: Again, like... But not as a shotgun, SMG, like, just... Uh, That one's probably going to be on the back burner for a little while, but, uh, Overwatch In Overwatch League,
1: he only had two characters in the S tier, and those were Soldier,
3: Soldier and Lucio. And Lucio, nice.
0: So I, that may, that had me like above the moon because Lucio is probably my favorite healer. But in Overwatch One, as long as when I, I didn't play at the very beginning, uh, I came in a little bit later. Uh, so Lucio was supposed to have been really really good at the beginning of Overwatch. And oh, yeah. then a, a little a little further into the game, he was a lot more situational. You play kind of around your tanks. So if you play what's called the
1: uh, any rush a rush comp composition, you know, that Lucio fits right in. Uh So seeing that he's going to be a lot more that people are going to have to like
0: play around him like excites me because more Lucio Uh, and soldier, you know, Jack of all trades is why they say that he kind of is so good because he can play rush. He can play flank. He can play basically whatever you need. He can do it. And uh, one of the comments that, that uh, this particular content creator, uh, he goes by the name of Custa uh, on socials and online uh made is that there's one of the passive um perks for the dps class is that they're all supposed to have a little bit of boost to their speed
1: now soldier uh if you don't count tracer is the only character i think that has
0: uh i wouldn't say like speed but because you also have diva hammond Different characters that have mobility in other ways, but he's the only one with an all-out sprint. So, adding more speed to a character that has sprint already, he was saying like it just feels ridiculous. He said that specifically the nano visor uh, combo, which is Ana's ultimate and Soldier's ultimate, being that there's only one tank now that uh, to protect a team from some from a combo like that. Basically, he said in. Hi- in his experience playing the character and using that combo, he would just get vi- uh, pop his pop his uh, tactical visor, get nano, sprint straight past the tank, and he would get at least two kills every single time, because he was just too fast for anybody to keep up with. Then with the fifty percent damage reduction of the nano, the tank really can't block too much and give the team time to respond and kind of focus him. Uh, so, I don't know. Just uh, it seems like a lot of people were very iffy about the change. Uh, because, for those of you who don't know, uh, Overwatch has generally always been 6v6. Uh, Overwatch 2 is going to transition that to a 5v5. They believe, uh, they say that it's going to be for to help them balance around tanks uh, that kind of have always dominated the game meta wise in part one and just to for to promote a different style of play, a little bit more aggression and not so much kind of like uh, protection, protection, protection from the tanks, you know, just to make it a little bit more fast-paced. Uh, I know initially a lot of people were very iffy about that, like it's going to completely change the game, but seeing a lot of the reactions today
1: about what people are experiencing in the alpha, which now we're in beta, so stuff could be a lot different. Uh, it it, it seems very reassuring people seem the the things people are saying
0: seem very favorable uh different characters being strong like we said lucio soldier uh and so many of the reworks people say are are so much fun uh i know i've already gone on and on and on so marcus have you uh, seen anything
3: I, sure. I'm, usually, I'm usually, I'll play it always. I'll always form my own well, usually always form my own opinion based off what I've played, what I've seen, what I liked and disliked um, I I will see a couple of things online or there so I, I, mean, I, I usually get that, I guess, fresh take and, you know, usually that hopefully that unbiased opinion, I kind of not really I'm not saying that Rico wins or anything, right but uh, I kind of generally see it for myself but from what Rico told me and from what I've seen and he sent, and he sent me clips, I mean we talked about it yesterday Orissa for example got that rework and um you know even in, fun in always a safe pick you can, she's a safe pick she's always a good pick you can never go wrong with Orissa she's stationary shield machine gun city would we'll stand there fortify like like she she's a very safe pick so I've always enjoyed those characters that do it, that and again not that aiming isn't a skill but that are fun to play right that that do take a little bit of skill that um Will be will give you that rush that hey I did something and Rico so you know with it with Sigma or um, I'm using Rico as an example because Rico Rico main Sigma is a tank and every time Moira would use her ult Rico would rock the hell out of her and stop her all I got her I got her you know and it was always like oh yeah they dude so
0: satisfying. (laughs)
3: Get that you get that you know that rush you know what I mean. So when you see a wrist that a wrist swinging, swinging her her javelin right in front, right. Use, instead of instead of as a shield, she's using that as a shield. And then I was like, that was cool, right, because of the effects of it. And then I saw the other thing because I was I told Rico yesterday like, well, is she going to swing it in front of her, to the side, above? And he's like, well, I think it's going to be you know a front. That makes sense. So when then when I saw her using a role actually swinging that goddamn javelin above her head, I said that is super. Like I I mean. Uh, forget the, forget the move or whatever. It just looks cool that the way she's doing it. So I was really hyped about the, uh, the way it looked, you know, I'm sure it's going to feel great. Um, but that was cool. And especially, you know, uh, when she kind of just throws it up in the air and she's kind of just twirling it and then she kind of just jumped down, um, and just, you know, that splash attack looking also. I did see Orisa, uh, I, I, I did see a lot of the older ones, I looked like a lot of fun. Bastion, again, Bastion, the fact that you now, again, you, we, we call them just annoying, right? Uh, people don't like to see Bastions, it's, like, it's always, oh, there's a Bastion on their team, uh, but gross, whatever. But you know, just to make these players, ultimately to me, it's just to have fun, make these players fun. Unless we are playing comp, you know? And I was, I was telling my friend, oh, I'm gonna try this guy. I was like, we're playing comp, it's not quick play, don't do it. <laughs> I and mean, I mean, it's not like, you know, you know, like, we're, like, we're, I, I mean, we play on Xbox and PC and, and Xbox, a little bit more of the higher platinum, uh, but we always just play us two. Usually, we don't have a team. I always felt like if we had a team, we'd be probably be that, that next, uh, that next uh, uh, rank, you know, maybe a little higher if we had a team that was solid, actually played with us. On PC, we we're usually straddling that silver gold. Um, I was at a platinum at one point right in there until, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a team where we're just there to have fun, right? So we don't really take it too serious either way. Uh, but we're, I, I'm excited for Overwatch 2. I, I played Overwatch 1 when it came out in 2016. Um, so I'm just totally just can't wait. Can't wait to see it. Um, can't wait to play it uh, because I, I'll be, I'm will be i going to be playing that game even, you know, even after the track and, You know, I fell in love with it. So, so yeah, those, that's my take on it.
0: Yeah, so the Arisa for sure, like, just i'm I'm glad you you were able to see some of the clips uh there and if you haven't if you haven't uh, seen uh orisa uh some of the doomfist and stuff and some of the changes there's a there's a guy out there by the name of Carcu. he uh he streams uh content creator uh he does a lot of good like in-depth uh guides uh, tips and tricks he'll uh, he has a little series too where uh, I guess he'll, he'll, we'll have to redo him now with overwatch 2 but uh, in overwatch 1 I, I checked out a lot of his content because he would say like okay as a doomfist what should I do against these characters and what he would do is he would have uh, one of the best Doomfists in the world come on and say okay uh, if you're gonna go up against this character this is the combo you need to use against them. If you need, if if you see this person on the other team, avoid them. Like that's your counter. And being that you're on the same level, like avoid him. Uh, which were like the Briggs, the Cass. There's no reason to punch a Reinhardt. Being that you're not going to move them. You know, different little tips and tricks like that. And uh, based on what I see, like he usually does a good job of breaking down changes, uh, updates. Uh, and he's, again, uh, done more of the same with some of these changes uh, in the alpha. Now, uh, like you said about trying new characters and uh, us us being the ones that play comp, like, it's going to be, you made that comment about a friend, like, trying new characters over we're playing comp. I, I'm so excited that we're going to kind of start over and kind of figure out, like, People are gonna come back and play with us. <laughs> well, 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 that that too, but like we're we're kind of going into a being that the game is gonna change so much with five v five. It's not gonna be like okay, like we're gonna play serious now. Everybody double shield, and everybody else having to play accordingly to fit in with our with our double shield. Like now. The game is going to be so dynamically different. Like we get to experiment and
1: figure out, like, okay, what is it that's good? Does that make sense?
3: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely.
1: It's not like okay, well, if you don't pick these
0: characters, like you're throwing.
3: Yeah, because I mean, you see a lot right now in comp, right? Where if you see you see a Reinhardt, and automatically people go and pick Aria. Well, it's kind of like okay, then you have to use support. Okay, who's going to support our tank? So you, 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 you have to. Uh, accommodate your tanks using the reports and you see a lot right or even when, when you see a diva right you, or you see a diva okay well let's try winston first right or well, that dive that dive uh meta that used to happen and stuff like that so yeah i know i agree uh just because um a lot more freedom to pick a lot more freedom to you know to at least use a guy who's going to be skillful and not get people saying "Oh, you're throwing or why are you using so-and-so you so-and-so instead you know where again it i, I would hope it's a lot more skill based just so that way were able to kind of mix and match and not and have a very balanced game where you can you can pick anybody, have a good time, and still stay, still remain competitive.
0: Yeah. So we talked. We t- you touched a lot about Anarissa. Everything you said, spot on. You know, instead of making her uh, like here, hide behind me, you know, having this full on giant mechanical horse just pushing your ass with a freaking spear. Spinning and blocking all your shit like man. What a dynamic change to the character and that's Like you said always been a a really good pick a real good Arisa can take you a long way and can carry your game a long way On her own, but now having that like aggressive style and not necessarily like Safe and slow, but I know what a a bunch of people are calling it the battle cattle Like she just she's coming for you you know, like that. I don't know. Like it's exciting. And the other one that we got that has had even, I guess maybe not as dynamic of a, of a change playstyle wise, but is moving into a completely different category. Which actually is one of my favorite characters, also Doomfist. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, like how is this gonna work? But based on what I've seen, like in clips today, holy crap! I'm gonna love me some tank Doomfist
1: and, uh, Doomfist is kind of complicated to play being that he's basically
0: a fighting game character in a shooting game, right? Yeah. He's a combo character. Like you're, you're comboing uppercut, slamming down, punching. So it's all about re- uh, kind of managing cooldowns and making sure that you're always procking your passive, which is getting shields, basing, uh, That you get based on the damage you do with your with your abilities. So him being a little bit more tanky, uh I love. And the one thing that I never really mastered at Doomfist, uh in Overwatch 1, anyway, was his mobility. I could use it a little bit, but there's like a whole nother skill that I never really like even touched. With him like doing punching off of uh, the landscape and doing like diagonal punches, launching himself up into the air, which people call them like rollouts.
1: Uh, I never I really didn't even touch that, and it doesn't seem like that's gone. but like that I don't, I don't think that's gonna be the way to be a top-tier doomfist anymore, which I think. I I think it's going to help me if that makes sense because I don't have to learn that oh, way of playing. Yeah. Yeah, I I it's going to be
0: a lot more like a little mix. I I feel like it's going to be a mix between like a little bit of Reinhardt and and a Winston.
3: Yeah, more type Winston, of playstyle. I, mean, I I think compared to Winston a while back and I think Winston again is more more your uh the more you're going kind of, well, not a cup of tea, right? But like the fact that do can be more like Winston because I, I like when you play Winston because it's a lot of fun because you know exactly what you're doing. And I, I, I like playing Diva, Diva's probably you know my main, and I've played pff, a godly amount of hours with Diva. Um, and when Rico picks Winston, I start licking my chops, right? Where I say, you know, because I'm gonna go, I see him jump am like I'm going that way too. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's always a lot of fun. So if you're gonna be do i you best believe I'm gonna go that way too. Um, I've never been. I've never used, and that's because I played the game. I played the game since 2016, since it came out, and the characters who I just have no, and it, and you would think, right? Oh, you know, that's not the case. Like, I, I suck with Genji. I suck with Doomfist. Um, Hanzo, never pick them, Not really. Um, just there's characters. Every every single tank, I I can, being being a tank player, I can hold my own with every single tank. Obviously, some better than others. Uh, but now that Doomfist is a tank, I, I I can't say I'm good with every tank now. Or at least decent every tank, because I probably won't be playing doofus because he's 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 rough. And like Rico said, as far as the cooldowns and that mobility, at least right now in Overwatch, maybe, maybe when he's a tank, I'll be able to survive a little bit more. Um, but I, again, I'm not sure, especially with the mo- mobility characters. Like in my case with with Wrecking Ball, um just in and out, in and out, fire, 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 disrupted, disruptive, just being annoying, being a being a being a cockroach uh, with Winston, and that's a lot of fun when you you know when you get to do that. Um, but yeah, kind of interesting to see. I'm kind of curious to see exactly, I want to see, I want to see for myself exactly what Doomfist does as a tank. Um, I, want, I just want to see the dynamic and, you know, how the, the DPS and the poor are going to play off. You know, what a pseudo, I guess I would, I guess I would call him a pseudo DPS player because he can still rock the hell out of somebody.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: again, I mentioned uh, the Winston, for sure, like on the on the leap in, is the big, like, that's one of the big changes. He used to have the uppercut and the seismic slam, but now they kind of have been converted into like a two-for-one ability, where based on, if you seismic slam straight ahead, you're going to jump straight ahead, not very far. And now they added the effect where you slow down characters that you seismic slam, and the seismic slam uh, area of effect is also way bigger. So, uh, That is why I say, like, the the jumping and mobility is a little bit more of Winston. And I actually did learn today that the Seismic Slam, uh, like I mentioned, depending where you aim it, if you're looking forward, you're going to jump forward. But if you look up, like Winston, you're going to jump a lot further. You're going to jump up in the air and slam further ahead of you. I did learn, uh, again, shout out to Karku, that you can cancel this ability when you're in the air. So you can jump up in the air, cancel it, and it's basically like you did an uppercut from Overwatch 1. Then at that point, you can use your punch to travel across the map. So that's why I say like the mobility and rollout part is not completely gone. There's still a way to, to do that. But uh, now with the Seismic Slam, being able to go into somebody and then or go attack a team, press into a team... Uh, comboed with the new ability, which also I I didn't really touch on, uh, is the it's not called shield
1: block, is it? What is it?
3: And you you know more some, uh, than Badoofis and me.
1: Block. It's called power block. It's called power block. Power block seems like it's gonna be a a, a little bit of Z- like a Zarya bubble, but particularly only in the front. Of your character. So I I
0: imagine the playstyle is gonna be like Winston diving in, but rather than using a bubble or going for the, the ports like you do usually with Winston, the squishy characters,
1: uh you're gonna you're gonna jump in, seismic slam. If if they aggro you like a lot, or if the team turns
0: around and focuses you, you power block which is like using a Zarya bubble. I think I read 90% damage reduction. And it at the same time, it powers up your punch, just like the way shooting uh, or using a Zarya bubble powers up her, her beam. Yeah. At which point you use your punch, which I believe also is charges faster now. And I think I if think I'm not mistaken, I think right, power too. block actually makes it go faster too. It charges faster. And does more damage. So I would envision as a Doomfist, you're
1: going to dive in, power block, and punch somebody on the other team back towards your team. And boom. I mean, like, if you can survive that, automatically you turn the fight into a 5v4. So, that, that just, that, that seems so fun to me. And, uh,
0: I guess I kind of I kind of say the Reinhardt because the only thing I think that's similar like to a Doomfist punch I guess would I would say like it would be like a Reinhardt pinning a character back into your team, and being that the Doomfist punch is supposed to not be as strong in terms of straight up damage, uh, that's kind of like why I say like a mix between Ryan and Winston, and I guess I didn't throw in so I I mentioned Zarya there too because of the bubble. And power block dynamic a little bit. So he's kind of like a mix of all these different characters, but at the same at the end of the day, he's still uh you know, Doomfist, the character, yeah. which uh is another thing that's just so amazing about Overwatch. You know, you have all these different characters with with like all these backgrounds, play styles, backstories. Like I know Marcus has to be in the same boat. We're like, man, where where's our anime?
3: Hey, dude, I'm telling you, dude. (laughs) Give me other and give me Overwatch, man. I want to give, give me, give me these things in anime, animation and, you know, arcane um, type style of animation. I'll, I'll take one. Give me something, dude. I'll take it, man. I'll take it because, I'll, because the Overwatch lore, the comic books, and then you have the little uh, short video, short clip videos that they do for these characters, especially uh, earlier on. They're, they're awesome, dude. And you know what? Like there's just so much. i always done a good job when it came to world building, at least earlier on, you know, I played, you know, world of, uh, not world of Warcraft. Warcraft one, two, and Reign of Chaos three. Starcraft one, a little bit of Starcraft two. And I actually have them. I just haven't gone around to get, get, getting through them. But you know, the, their stories have always been amazing. The Last Vikings. If you ever played the, one of the Blizzard's old school games, like like the stories are, have always been really good. And they've always the lore has always they've always been done a really really good job of establishing this lore and making it something that's just you know prevalent has potential. And it's just going to suck you in. Um, as far as stories are concerned, again, I I geek out with stories. I apologize.
0: Um, no, and yeah. and talk and talk about a uh, a game that just has it all already there. Like they have backstories, uh like you mentioned the shorts. I think they also do comics. Yeah, they're comics, uh, comics and stuff like that. But you know, it, it's it's really something special. Like in this game, where uh you know you can hop on YouTube, pop over to YouTube, the Play Overwatch channel. Uh, and watch some of these shorts, and you watch like the a story of Reinhardt, or the story of uh, another another real good one is uh, Hanzo and Genji. And then being able to not just watch it and enjoy the animation, the sounds, uh, vi- everything, uh, everything all around, and then being able to say, you know what, I'm gonna turn on my PC, or I'm gonna get on my Xbox, PlayStation, wherever it is that you play. And being able to be that character, like there's just something about it. And I think, I mean, I feel like anyone that plays Overwatch is ready for to watch these characters go at it in a show. Yeah.
3: Yeah, you can watch. You can actually go to the Blizzard website, and they have everything readily, very nicely organized, available for you. You can literally click on the videos, and it will take you through all the videos. All the comics are in another section. Read all the comics. Uh, that are available. Um so it's kind of cool. If you if you if anybody out there wants to get into the story and has not, especially because there's still a lot of new players kinda getting into the game, go, go to the Blizzard website and everything's there readily available. Um, nice and organized just for you so you kind of, you know, get into the the atmosphere, get into the world of, of Overwatch because it's something, right? Um especially now you know like Reaper he used to be a part of overwatch in the beginning and then he kind of betrayed him and then and was a part of black watch you know what i mean he became like the de facto leader of black watch so it's obviously you know it's, it's really really cool um the lore and the way the story progresses
0: and now is a per- and now is like that perfect time because in a couple days overwatch is going to be the talk of the town again so
3: i thank god man people are grabbing all over it jesus <laughs> i should stayed. it was a while back man people were just overwatch is dead overwatch is dead that's why when the valorant came out people were like ooh, valorant i was like yeah i mean i've never played valorant but i always talk smack because my brother loves it i'm always like he goes, oh it's the overwatch killer i said no it's not <laughs> yeah it's
0: just uh it's just uh we're in a we're in a different uh we're in a different time now in gaming you know like if you're not constantly putting out something new and fresh, it feels like if if you don't have something new every two weeks, if not like once a month, like people
1: are, people just are get tired of games. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I, I see, I I can see that like, you know, it keeps everything exciting. Uh,
0: and I, again like one I think that unfortunately I don't think either one of us is a big fan of was Fortnite but I felt like they kind of changed the game and are leading the charge and they just have updates after updates after updates something new the map changes some new kind of partnership they've had a full on concert in their game now Fortnite right now Fortnite has no building
1: yeah, like you can Fortnite, you can be Fortnite. Spider-Man, you can be you could be Thanos at some point, like man.
3: Yeah, and, and we're not we're not Fortnite guys, right? But when it comes always give credit to whenever companies treat the game their games you know the way they're supposed to be treated. And you know, riots just it takes their game and it just update, updates, keeps it fresh, keeps it fresh, always changing it, doing things, thinking outside the box because having having concerts in your games, like you know what I mean? And then when the when, when you were able to play as Naruto, Sakura, and Sasuke in those games, oh like, yeah, they had guns. You. Like, like come on, man. Like, like they they're with it. They're with the times, and they know what the consumer wants. And you know, and it's one of those things where, oh, I didn't know I needed this, but thank you for this, right? And people were playing it. Even a couple of our friends who had never touched Fortnite, not never touched Fortnite, touched it, went away for it for years, never played it. Oh, wait, no, no building. Okay, let's give it. They went back and gave it, gave it a try, and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. They say, "Oh, it wasn't my game," but you know, no building—that's excellent because all the BRs we've played have been, you know, no building type BRs. Whether it's um, uh, PUBG or or Call of Duty or you know uh, those type of uh, BRs where it's just gunplay.
1: Yeah, something else that Fortnite
0: added—I I don't know if they were necessarily the first, maybe not—but uh, the concept of having a game with a battle pass. Uh, I know there's been a lot of games now that have included that. Uh, Obviously, Call of Duty, Halo, even uh, one game that I play, a Pokemon game, Pokemon Unite, came with a Battle Pass. That's actually something that... um, That's actually something they've talked about, whether or not people would want something like that in Overwatch. I guess people that are for it would say well i I feel like i have a long-term thing to work towards because the battle pass is at first you kind of level up quickly uh on the battle pass and then obviously the progression towards the end if you've ever played one of those kinds of games slows down a little bit towards the last uh, couple levels and at the end uh it's usually some kind of uh, a skin or some kind of cosmetic. So it's not really something that you need, like that's a pay to win. Usually are the best ways that they, that they execute Battle Pass style uh, systems. So it's not, so, not necessarily something you need, but if you want that long-term goal or something like that, a lot of people are, are fans of that. Uh, I don't know if that's something you would like to be introduced into Overwatch. But what would
1: you think about something like that?
3: As far as battle passes are concerned, I mean, battle, I mean, and Overwatch has loot boxes, and I mean, it's, it always just depends on how easy they're 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 easy to obtain. And again, as much as we play Overwatch, I don't think a battle pass would be really be a, a bad idea, just because we play so much to where we can just get the battle pass and get all these cool things. I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I wouldn't mind it. I've always just been, uh, I've always been wary when it comes to, like, microtransactions, and I don't want to see Overwatch go that route. You know, as far as, and, and again, loot boxes, like, it's, you, they're easily, they're, you can easily get them and you don't have to get them because they're just cosmetics, and you know, but they're easy to get and they give you a loot box just for just about anything. If you want to call it for Overwatch 1's microtransaction or loot boxes, you can always buy them. They give you the option. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. Definitely wouldn't mind it. Just, you know, um, just because you play so much, and I, I, I mean, I guess you would call what they're doing right now. You know how they do these uh, weekly activities, and um, you get a, a spray, a sticker, and then you get the 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 skin. I, I would call that like a mini pseudo uh, battle pass ish thing. You don't think, right? Yeah, like <laughs> I I played I played. Oh, I gotta get the skin. I gotta get the skin. Like I I booted it up just to get that skin, and and anytime there's something new, yeah, like we're gonna play. You know, just to get that skin. So. It's doing the job. I mean, so I don't mind it. Yeah,
0: I feel like if the pacing is not, like, ridiculous and you get the, maybe even a little bit slower, I think, at getting the skins, I think would be okay. I just, I'm not sure. Again, it it depends on on the rate, like you touched on, at which you earn them and how easy the progression is. You know, if I'm going to have to play... Of course, being that the game's gonna change, we're gonna play a lot more Overwatch uh, here coming forward, and when the next game comes out, right. But uh, instead of having like a week to do what is it? Sometimes it's nine wins, sometimes it's twenty-seven points, depending on some some of them like weigh wins and losses and stuff like that, including like arcade mode and comp, quick play, whatever. Uh, as long as it doesn't get to a point where Again, like hopefully everything is just cosmetics, so it doesn't really matter. Of course, hardcore players, like uh, I don't know if I would say we're hardcore players, but of course, whenever their' skins for our mains, oh, yeah, like- we, we got we have to have them, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so so uh you know i'm I'm just thinking like, they say, okay, you have to get to level 100, and you have a month to get there. And at the end at the very very end at level 100
1: uh you see either a doomfist or a sigma or a diva skin uh like how long is it gonna take me to get there am i gonna can i
0: have fun and just casually enjoy the game at my own pace or do i have to like couldn't work and play all, like all day because that's like the downside of the battle pass. I think, does it feel like a chore? Yeah.
3: and, that, and that's, what you don't want.
0: That, that's what you don't want. So as long as the pacing is okay, like I, I'm all for it because if, if the pacing is on par with like the battle, uh, I mean, not the battle, the loot box system, I mean, what's
1: the difference really? Right.
3: Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. I don't want I don't want to the or, like, I, I don't want to play the game and get like you know bored or frustrated or just you know tired because you know I don't want to play anymore. But I want to get the same. Because you know, obviously you develop that that dislike or that you know frustration. So no, I definitely I, don't, I wouldn't want that.
0: Yeah, and I just envision like you know like like in your case, I would uh, automa- like automatically I think at the level hundred is diva. That's a a diva skin that you know we might never see again and you know for whatever reason it's the end of the month you're level 70 you need 30 levels to go for whatever reason either work or you know life happens sometimes and you're not able to log in those hours uh, like you like sometimes and you know uh, are you gotta you gotta sit there and think man how bad do i want this skin like am i gonna play for the next week like nonstop, or am i gonna have to bust out the pocketbook and pay you know, because you don't want to have to feel like that, right? Like, yeah, you don't want to yeah. be put in that situation. So I think it's interesting. And I mean, I kind of have faith that if they do it, they'll do it. I don't think they'll, I think they'll do, they'll do it right. Yeah. I are mean, there, they- are there any other, are there any other Blizzard games with a Battle
3: Pass yet? Or would this be the first? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think I think Star, uh, Starcraft Part Two had a bit of, an, of a battle pass, if I'm not mistaken. I may be mistaken, but I remember seeing something where the more you leveled up, you get some freebies. It wasn't too too crazy, like a hardcore battle pass, but there was something along those lines um, as far as battle passes are concerned.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm good with it as long as it's you know cosmetics, and I don't really see them doing anything other than that. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I know we're both really excited for this game. Uh. And I'm sure a lot of other people are, so...
3: Oh, yeah. What yeah. is it,
1: five days? Four days? Five days?
3: Yeah, next, what, Tuesday?
1: 26th? Yeah, five days.
3: Tuesday? Uh,
2: yeah. yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Okay,
0: so... Uh, we went off on a tangent on Overwatch, but we got here because you had asked about upcoming games.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it's for. So um. so,
0: so going back to that real quick, we talked a lot about Overwatch. The other one for me that was a day one was going to be Pokemon. Uh, I could talk about Pokemon all day, but the only thing I want to touch on is uh, a rumor that
1: has been floating around now for for about a month about uh different the different pokemons i think since gen was it gen 2 or gen 3 cool. have had
0: some every pokemon game tries to add a new gimmick into yeah, their yeah. game or like some kind of dynamic change so we at one point we got like double they added in double battles they added in rotation battles At one point, which didn't stick for too long, uh, Gen 6, which was the X and Y, added in Mega Evolution. Uh, Gen 7 added Z-moves. This last game, we got Dynamax and uh, Gigantamax. There's talk now that this next gen could add some kind of, I don't know if it would be a temporary thing, it hasn't been clear but the rumor is adding fair. a potential third type to your pokemon Huh. i'm not again i'm not sure it's just rumor but it's been now the rumor for a while so i feel like i now that it's been talked about for a month like uh, it's time to like is this is this real could this be real and you know uh, different people are going to feel different ways You know, because it's another one that that is a huge dynamic change. Even more so, I think, than something like
1: Mega Evolution, Z Moves, or Dynamax. Because this is like a change to Pokemon at its core.
0: When you talk about something basic, like learning a type chart, you know?
2: Boom. my, my, My ghost Pokemon
1: is now also normal. Like, I don't know. Just we can see and do things that we've like
0: something we've never even like been close to. Uh, How do you how how would you feel about something like that,
1: Marcus?
3: Man, I mean, you obviously got to take the positives and negatives, right? So if we're dealing with typing, I'm gonna have this. I mean, hey, typing matters, right? Matchup type matters. I'm gonna have this Pokemon who's weak to (laughs) almost about everything because he has three types. So, ah, I mean, I would have to see it, see the way it works. Yeah, I mean, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm keeping an open mind too. To uh, at first, my first, I'm, I'm gonna be honest. My first reaction was like, no, why? Like, like, I feel like, you know, like the big Pokemon fan. I, I'm, I kind of am on this weird place when I'm like a huge fan of something. I'm more critical of it. I'm, instead of, like, it can do no wrong, I'm more critical of the things that I love the most. Uh, so it being such a big change, like, at first, I'm like, what? Why? Like, why would you do that? But, you know, like, we're going to take it. We're going to take it how it comes. And automatically, the things I think are, well, now, like you mentioned, we're going to have Pokemon that are going to be weak to three. Or, or three times weak, so it'll do eight times damage to those characters instead of, like, the standard four times. Which are, like, the mega weak, so... I guess something like... Like a Dragonite, for example. Uh, because it's flying and dragon, it's four times weak to ice. Instead of just the standard double. If you were to add grass in there, now that's eight times the damage. But then... You know, people aren't really gonna you're not gonna see that too much, like except, expect that. Uh, except in special cases. Yeah. I think the 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 part the part where my mind goes is something like Spirit Tomb, which for the longest time did not have a weakness until Gen 6, which not the longest time, because I think he was introduced to Gen 4. So I think with the introduction of Fairy, he got a weakness. Because he is a ghost dark Pokemon. Mm-hmm. So he had no weakness until Fairy. So now, if you
1: add Steel in there, actually no, Steel, because then he would be weak to Fire. I think if you added Fairy, actually no, like because then he would be weak to Steel.
3: I mean, the only uh, thing I can think of as far as a third type of concern is the type that really counteracts. What they would be weak to, you know what I mean? So, like, let's say for example, if you had a, uh, let's say you had like a grass rock Pokemon, you know, and, and and that one by itself, right? So you had a third typing, you know, grass rock. Um, let's say for example, what, of uh, water, right, or or water, right? Water and grass kind of counteracts each other. Um, so I I guess that way they can kind of mitigate the the you know quadruple damage that they would
0: receive see that's what that's what i'm trying to get at i'm trying to get at pokemon that are already strong and if you add in another typing can you negate and have absolutely no weaknesses so or 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 that that's what i mean like and guess- for people for, for people that just play the game uh you know the the to, for the story and just play through the games casually like who cares like it's not really that big a deal because you're it's you against the it's you against the the game right? But, but for people that do that play comp and stuff like
1: that like man yeah, that's that's that scares me
3: what they could do and it wouldn't be such a far-fetched thing is you you kind of bring in primary and secondary typing um and you can actually change the scales as far as like uh a primary uh if your primary type is uh fire and you know you get hit by water it's gonna do the 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 damage it's supposed to do but let's say your secondary type can be something else um, that's also weak to water. secondary typing might be um, what? What's what else is weak to water? It's it's not just not coming to me off the top of my head. Uh, rock. Okay, let's say let's fire, say let's, let's say your secondary typing let's say you're doing fire or rock. Let's say your secondary typing is rock. It can, it can still do crit damage, but not as much as your primary typing. And if you're going to go three routes, you can do primary, uh, secondary, and a, and a tertiary. No, you can even do, if you're, if you're dealing with a dual-type Pokemon, your primary type is still that dual type. Uh, like a Lone and Nine Tills would be Ice, Fire would be your primary type, and then your secondary type would be whatever. And and you can kind of, it would lead them to kind of having to kind of mitigate and, and, and use those secondary and kind of have a new like stat chart if you would for the secondaries as far as weaknesses are concerned that's something that might be plausible um in in that case kind of kind of introduce this primary and secondary types if you really want to you know it would be it would be a, a very realistic fix if they wanted to add in a third type you know at least for the meta or for the common
0: yeah the the other the other things that i would also want to question would be like is this a is this a a temporary thing is this only like on a battle to battle basis is this for one turn like uh is this a one turn thing like uh z moves would this be a three turn thing like dynamax is it a complete battle thing like uh what mega evolution was uh is it also dictated by the use of an item like Z moves or like uh, mega stones so does that mean like you can't use any uh, choice items, leftovers uh, life orb which are some of the popular ones uh, and then, how does that how does it affect Pokemon that are monotype Pokemon something like my favorite being squirtle that's only one type yes, I can add I can add. A type to him but then why would i want to use a dual type when i can use a triple type
1: yeah uh so i don't know like w-
0: we'll see like if it ends up being if it's even real or what it where we end up going with this but it's definitely interesting and could add like a, a completely different spin and kind of shake up the pokemon world uh but i i don't know i thought it was i thought it, it sounds kind of crazy <laughs> to be
2: honest
3: no no and, and again there's still a lot of there's still a few months to go so the closer we're gonna get we're gonna get a lot more pokemon news um so obviously we're gonna be talking about it here obviously we're gonna be talking about it <laughs> um, yeah uh, so there's the been problem.
0: rumors there's been rumors about a about a direct soon so
3: i think it was what is it it wasn't it wasn't a pokemon direct was it it was more like uh they were going to they were going to have actually this week wasn't it sometime this week I I thought I had seen I thought I had seen something
0: about a direct, but but I direct.
3: Was, yeah I thought it was I thought it was more of a a pokemon announcement kind of like a an Nintendo Nintendo treehouse um, but it was something there is something coming up I, I heard a rumor there is something coming up pokemon related I
0: yeah that's what there. I saw too I, and I, I think I just saw an announcement so I, I hear announcement I think oh direct but uh Yeah, and, and it might not even be about Pokemon uh Scarlet and uh Violet and Violet. So you know we have other games out, but we'll see. I mean it it just seems
1: like man, it's right around the corner already. Yeah. I was gonna uh, fast. Oh, so yeah. So that, I guess we'll leave it. We'll just leave it at that for Pokemon. Uh,
0: Another thing that's been going on now outside of uh, movies, gaming, has been uh, we're both big basketball fans, sports fans uh, in general, but basketball fans. And uh, the NBA playoffs is going on right now. And a lot of times, the beginning of the NBA playoffs is just so exciting because uh, as a friend mentioned to us, Yesterday it's just back to back to back games on like every night. You know, you have unfortunately you have some games that aren't close, but it seems like this year we've had like some pretty good games. Uh and I'm a I'm a Dallas Maverick fan. I think I've mentioned it before, and they just pulled off uh another win upset against the Jazz, minus uh their focal point, Luka Doncic. So I'm over the moon right now that we're now up two one. Uh without our best player having played. So
3: And and just being a basketball fan, like I'm a Lakers fan. Lakers are not in it, I got a lot of hell when the Lakers playing and stuff like that. But <laughs> if you like, like, Hey, but you're, and I'm one of our friends, I'm a basketball fan. So if you're a basketball fan, you're allowed to, you're allowed to like every single team in the NBA. So I do have my favorites. And I do have a champ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you can't be a basketball fan. But hey, you like to see good basketball. So um, I'm rooting, personally, I'm rooting. And, and I, I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan. Um, so, you know, go Mavericks. I, I want Luka to win so bad. The thing is, is that I'm also, I like, I like, the, well, I would think I like Luka just a little bit more just because, um, I, I I kept up with him since he was playing overseas and stuff like that. And then when he was getting when he was getting all that buzz, you know, it was really great to kind of see. And you kind of look at this kid, 16-year-old, 17-year-old, leading this weird European, what is it, across the country, European Championship, right? So super cool to um, So then over here we have Devin Booker who just got injured, and I was kind of upset about that because Devin Booker is one of my favorite players. He reminds me, of, I have always enjoyed that mid-range game, and he does that. He just I, I like that he takes 20 mid-range shots a game. So if they do happen to pull it off, they will go against each other, and then another another team that I hope wins, pulls it out is the Denver Nuggets and Jokic. Oh man, I, I hope I, I hope he wins. I hope he pulls it out. And you know, big Jokic fan. I, I'm kind of indifferent about the Memphis and Minnesota, but we do have um, right now the, the Phoenix and, and Pelicans are tied one. Dallas, Utah, Dallas taking that two-one lead. Golden State right now is playing and they are tied with two minutes left in the third at 85-85. So that's. Uh, you know i'm i'm glad that at least the nuggets are are giving them a a game uh memphis 2-1 lead over minnesota on the other side of the east miami atlanta miami having a 2-0 lead Miami's just dominating atlanta like it's it's not even it's not even funny but then and the next game philadelphia the 76ers and toronto uh philly taking that 3-0 lead man and, and rico was able to see that buzzer beater yesterday cuz something was wrong with my tv I, I, I he was he gave me a play by play and NBA with this and I saw I, saw, I did see the highlights for a miraculous corner shot that's just fade away that you know <laughs> that's, that's why that's why superstars make the you know make the big money because they make they make the big shots
1: yeah for and sure then,
3: and then to finish off Milwaukee, Chicago and, and I like Zach I, I'm Zach Lee another one of my favorite players I hope he pulls it out I'm rooting for Chicago against Milwaukee a uh, close friend of ours would you know big Giannis fan how oh, dare Milwaukee, you dude. And then lastly, Boston and Brooklyn, and um, I I do, Boston's up 2-0 in this series, and I hope Ben Simmons comes back just so we can see a series, and, and that's because Boston had Boston's earned their wins. They they've earned their wins these these last two games, taking that two old lead. And you know Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving aren't going to back down. They're not going to back down. They're gonna they're gonna play hard every single game. Um, so Boston has a work cut out for them here in the first round. That's because they're the second seed, but Nets have no business being that low. That's that's what I think. Um, just because they were injuries and carrying and everything carry with his mask mandate and stuff like that. So if Boston wins this series, they're going to be very confident going into that next one. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. I think uh, in terms of like the playoff landscape, uh, you know, just like uh, you mentioned Laker fan, but uh, they're not in it this year, but you know, as a, as a sports fan, you know, there's going to be those years where you're not in it. And normally, just like like you or like it's been for me too in the past when the Mavs don't make the playoffs uh you gravitate towards either a team that you like whether it's their style or maybe a specific player like for example you mentioned booker uh jokic uh or uh zach Levine. yeah uh of course me i'm all mavericks no nobody nobody's gonna beat them they're gonna win it all until they don't go, go then at, at which case then i'll pick either whoever beat the mavericks i hope that they burn in hell or i'm just gonna go for you know uh some other player that i like uh i'm, I'm also a really big fan of uh, nikola Jokic, so marcus
1: and i have that in common i'm also big on Embiid, uh john morant now uh so
0: yeah like it, it's normal but of course us in our little group chat and our group of friends something that i love about us is that we're also different you know our uh into the whether it's the games we like the movies we like and a big one is the sports teams and man are we competitive so we're always at each other like marcus mentioned bickering and you know your team sucks like they always they not a day has passed, I think, that they don't ask, hey, when do the Lakers play? When do the Lakers play? And they tag Marcus and two of our other friends, Neroy and Ricky. Shout out to them. Uh, and... Uh,
3: Silence. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother. Myself. Yeah. I'm not, yeah I'm,
0: I'm, but again, we've all been there, right? The and uh, like you mentioned, uh, you know, you go for who you like. I think uh, something else that draws me to teams is uh and a lot of people probably are like underdog stories Mm
1: -hmm. right and i think the ones i think the ones i would look at this year would probably be the pelicans and the heat because i feel like they are and i'm not i'm not discrediting their players they they have great players but i feel like those are like the superstarless teams I don't know if you would agree with that. Maybe, maybe you think I'm being a little bit too
0: drastic there, or discrediting well, people too much.
3: As, far as Pelicans, they're the A seed. Um, so I would say, yeah, they have no superstar. They have I guess
0: I, I guess you would also throw throw the Raptors in there too.
3: Yeah, well, Raptors are playing the the yeah
0: the the Sixers. The
3: Raptors, yeah and again they have all stars but they don't have superstars again a lot of these teams usually have those superstar type there you know you, you look at you look at the Suns, so and you have a superstar and chris paul and you have a borderline superstar who is still young and and coming into his own and, and devin booker devin booker would definitely be that that you know that, he's right uh, there
1: he's borderline like, like he's, borderline. he's right yeah, there
3: sure. so and then, and then you got the heat. now the heat are the number one i think the number, number yeah the number one seed over in the i think
0: heat. they're the number one seed yeah
3: yeah, and who's
0: and and I mean, have dominated the Hawks, obviously. not just beaten them. They're up two to zero, but oh. you mentioned dominated them.
3: Yeah, and well, you, I mean, who do you call a superstar on that team? You have you have the superstars, Luca, uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, you know, and then we have all stars. And we've always kind of toyed around with that that legal all star, superstar, all star, superstar. But you look at the and. Do you call Jimmy Butler a superstar? Now, Jim, now, get me wrong. Jimmy Butler is a dog. Like, he plays both sides of the ball. He's phenomenal. He's going to play defense offense. He's going to give you every amount of his soul. Um, But Jimmy Butler is the type of player who, and he said before, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't talented. He didn't come out playing basketball with his talent. That guy's busted his ass and worked hard to, to play the game the way he plays and, you know. The fact that he found this group of guys and, be, and Jimmy Butler was always a scapegoat. He found this group of guys who he, you know, ha, who have that same mentality as him. Now that's and I think that plays a huge part because his leadership skills, Jimmy Butler's leadership skills are super underrated, almost second to none. You're talking a Chris Paul type leader. Where you know if, if Chris <laughs> Paul were, uh, were you know what is it, uh, what is it uh, lawful good? Jimmy Butler's like chaotic justice or chaotic good like you know
0: like, oh, crazy you, you have no idea how much he makes my blood boil I'm comparing him to Chris Paul because I do not like Chris
3: <laughs> Paul. I know, you know that's what I mean that's what I mean like but, like, but, but, but he is different but, but
0: yeah and it was uh it was it was rough there for Jimmy for a while. You know the he had a lot of success early on in in Chicago then he bounced around I think he was in Minnesota then Philly and now it seems like he really found his home in in Miami with the heat. And like you say, we're not discrediting who he is as a player, but you know, when you look around the league and you talk about somebody like, like who, who who are the best players in the league, you know, right away. Oh, well, Giannis, Luca, LeBron, you know? And then like, just under that, like, you're going to think like, well, there's also Chris Paul, the the savvy vet. You have Devin Booker, you know, right on the cusp of like breaking into like, you know, greatness. Uh, and, and in terms of like just an offensive talent, like he's already there. He he you know he he just needs a little bit of accolades to be able to break into that next level. Uh, you also have the you know we haven't even mentioned the two front runners for MVP. Number one probably being Jokic, right behind him in beat. Uh, the Celtics also have that that like uh duo with uh, tatum kind of right there uh with Devin booker on the verge of being that superstar you know him really coming into his own this season oh,
3: uh, Chris, uh steph curry steph curry is superstar in his own too so you know the one the warriors also have those superstars
0: yeah and then uh again the struggling even though they're struggling the nets you know you can never count out kyrie and kd uh you know just phenomenal talents you know uh kd to me in my opinion is a once in a lifetime talent uh you know uh regardless of you know his history his his move what people think about him uh as a person or whatever like i don't know we've never seen a kd before and i don't know we'll ever see that kind of just prototype like perfect type of like body not body like no homo but like
1: uh his size for what he's able to do uh i i don't know if we'll ever see something like that again uh and then Kyrie,
0: you know another guy that's kind of been people have their opinions because of his uh, history or whatever but again a phenomenal talent and just uh being able to see Uh, a team that's so top heavy like that being able to be beaten by teamwork with young guys that are hungry. Like what another like interesting series. And then looming in the back, another controversial character with Ben Simmons, potentially making a a season Uh debut, a season debut, like in the playoffs next game, if not game four, while his team's kind of on the ropes.
3: And you know what? Hey, what are the what are the, that's got to lose, man? Nothing. Hey, they're trying to win. So you know what? I have no problem with their sticking Ben Simmons in there. No problem.
0: Yeah. And then uh, maybe a little bit further, we're talking about stars, like a little bit further, not further down the pole, but I think the right term is uh, maybe with a little bit more to prove still would be like your Carl Anthony Towns, your Donovan Mitchells, your Trey, you know, Trey Young last year. Uh, had a huge showing in the playoffs, the Hawks. Uh, They did fall off a little bit this year, but, I mean, you're not going to discount what Trey Young's able to do and his young core, too. Uh, Then you have the resilient Raptors, which, you know, they had that, that really good championship season, inspiring with Kawhi Leonard going over there, winning them a title, and then, you know, going off to do his own thing. I know a lot of people kind of thought, like, oh, well, that's it for the Raptors. But, man, have they impressed and stuck stuck with it. Uh, you know, right now, they're up against one of the MVP candidates, Embiid, which also has a, a good lineup around him. Uh, so, you know, they're down, unfortunately, 3-0, but, I mean, they're fighting. Uh, uh, being that uh, you mentioned they just won this last game, they, uh, they look to... Uh, be stealing the game, but Embiid hit a huge buzzer beater there at the end. Yeah. Uh, who else? the The Mavericks, my team, against the Jazz. Uh, I don't know why. I I have this. Uh, I think the Jazz could be better than what they are, and I don't know if that's just up to chemistry. Because there's always been like these rumors about. Uh, there's been some controversy with Rudy Gobert, and I know a lot of people gave him a lot of hate because at the beginning he made like a little joke when COVID started and you know it turned into like this you know COVID exploded into something that I don't think we ever thought was going to be what it was that affected all our lives you know uh, you know we lost so many people uh,
1: across the country across the world really Uh, and I know he got a lot of hate for that Uh, so
0: Based off of that, there's all there's been these rumors about him kind of being uh, isolated from the rest of the team. Whether they harbor resentment or or being that he got he 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 talks a lot about getting a lot of hate and a lot of uh, death threats, stuff like that. So uh, whether it's the resentment of the team towards him or him towards them for not having his back, you know, it's complicated. It's a complicated world out there with social media and online stuff like that's kind of the bad, the dark side of it. Uh, But for whatever reason, I I feel like they should be better than what they are. But it
3: it, it feels like they like they kind of have hit this. This feeling.
1: Like yeah say maybe
3: yeah. Say it, you're like because I've never been on board with the Jazz. I've always thought they overperform. Um, I know you know people call and Rudy Gobert is their defensive anchor, but and and, and Rudy Gobert always gets some this these 15, 16 points. But you know if you're gonna be this star center that you know this defensive anchor like. Yeah, I understand. A hey, defensive anchors, you know, you're going to be in the paint. You're going to get X amount of boards. You're going to make you be a difference changer. But who are your scoring options? What just Donovan and Mitchell, Mike Conley, who who takes games off every every other day? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you've got to find these consistent players. So when your best player, Donovan Mitchell, is not going to hit shots, who's going to hit shots? Like, today today, Rudy Gobert get made six for six. And yes, oh, he doesn't have a shot, but hey. If you're gonna be this this guy, if you're gonna be one of the guys, shoot them, shoot them ball, get get up, and more, get more than five shots a game because the average is about six or seven. If today he had seven boards, and you know, for a guy who's supposed to be a defensive anchor, like, hey, well, you know, you, you can't take games off, you can't show up. And if your two best guys are Rudy Gobert and Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, come on, does that really sound like they're gonna take out some of the other teams? You know. Ray Thompson, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. Like, where, where do you put them, dude? Where do you put them? <laughs> I. Yeah, I, I, and
0: like, I, I get you. I think they, they need somebody. And it doesn't have to be a star. It just has, they just need somebody else that's going to be consistent. Because
1: take away Donovan Mitchell. Or, or no, no, no. Or, or, or rather, ra- rather, let's do it this way. Give me Rudy
0: Gobert on the Mavericks and tell me that team can't go to the finals
3: Well, yeah, because but the Mavericks have,
0: but know, we, have we only have one star Given of course, he's a superstar like He's, a superstar. he's also a phenomenal talent which Donovan Mitchell hasn't proven that he can do that yet And even though I'm not a fan of Donovan Mitchell. I think he can get maybe not Luca, but He's there like I see it drives me nuts, but I see like Dwayne Wade in him to a lesser degree. He has a lot to prove still, but I, I see him being that kind of player. And uh, I'm a big fan of I've always liked uh, Utah a little bit, like since they had uh, I was never a boozer fan. But since they had Darren Williams, I mean, Darren Williams. Uh, Andre, Andre Karolinko. <laughs> Dude, still like one of the coolest nicknames ever like come on ak-47 like wow you can't you can't make that up uh i like when they had uh you know i was a big fan i I liked uh carl malone as a player right uh and different players they've had along the years i I, i've liked the jazz and i i like their coach a lot quinn snyder and uh I don't know. Like it would be a shame to just see him blow up. Like I would like for them to have a little bit of success. If they can, hopefully, add in that uh, somebody else to help them out. But uh, like I, I agree with you, they kind of have hit a ceiling.
2: Because
0: no what they're
3: you're not losing to a team with no superstar. Like. And and Jalen Brunson and we we've known that he's had this potential and the fact that he's coming out in the playoffs and you know, Lucas and scoring thirty points a game, shooting 12, 12 for twenty two, and Spencer Dinwiddie, who's supposed to be who is that other that other scorer when he's not there. You know, like he's if he's not he he went six for twenty one. Um, but you know, it's the the intangibles. He still had a you know a he still had a, a a great game, you know. Despite that, but come on, you telling me Dwight Powell paid 13 minutes and you know um, Finney Smith who paid 47 minutes? They're they're, you know, these guys are getting the same amount of rebounds as Rudy Gobert. Come on, man, come on. Come on. Like, to, to, as a matter of fact, Smith had more rebounds than Gobert by one. Smith, Finney Smith had eight.
2: Oh yeah, so, oh.
3: it just it just blows my mind, dude. Like, like if if you're gonna be if you're gonna you know toot yourself as his anchor you know i they've overperformed i thought they've i thought they overperformed all season but you know
1: yeah and uh you know
0: i am a big fan of gobert uh and i think we're we're a tough matchup for him uh because it's and and he it also happened to a degree last year when i think they played the no not the wizards the clippers uh that for some reason a big weakness of his is that when he has to guard somebody out on the perimeter, he kind of just doesn't know what to do. And we do that. And we take advantage of that in going small ball uh, with one of our guys by the name of Maxi Kleber. That's a very good stretch four. actually had a big game. I didn't see his stat line this game, but last game he had a big game. So, Gobert kind of gets lost in the sauce, and just he has to make up his mind: is he going to let these guys have open shots, or is he going to anchor the paint? And he seems to struggle with that. Like I know last year was it uh, who was the the young guy on the Clippers that kind of exposed him and was just hitting threes after threes after threes. Terrence Mann, there you go. That's who it was because I remember they lost Kawhi for that series. And everybody was like, oh, it's over. The Jazz are going to beat them. And lo and behold, the Clippers were able to again upset the the Jazz. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: And that was that was one of their big downfalls. And it seems like it's happening again this year. So, you know, I I don't want to see it happen. But maybe it's meant to be that, you know, they just need to part ways and figure out something else in terms of uh, maybe there's a better dynamic for these guys elsewhere.
2: Yeah.
0: Time will tell uh but back to the rest of the league it seems like one of the other big things going on is that injuries man like uh we talked a little bit about luca uh which which has been a big one in that we're waiting for him to to come back we talked about ben simmons possibly making a debut but then on the other side of the coin we have big injuries one to Devin booker another one with uh chris middleton recently too got injured uh Anybody else? Uh, I saw that somebody else had an injury scare, but it ended up not being serious. I don't remember who that third one was.
3: I don't, I don't remember either. I, I know, but Devin Buck and Chris Middleton just got their uh, diagnosis today as far as how long they'll be out. Two or three weeks, I think, more or less for both of them. Um, yeah, which
0: are big blows.
3: Big blows, big time. big
1: time. Big blows both to contend, like contending teams. Favorite teams, you know?
3: Yeah. So it's interesting to see how far how these how these teams can take advantage. I don't think the Pelicans will take advantage just because, um, again, used to have DeAndre Ayton and uh, Chris Paul to kind of, you know, hold down the fort again. And re- despite Rico not hating <laughs> Chris Paul, uh, Chris Paul does, you know, has that leadership style where he's able to elevate his team and he, no matter what team you put on, or you know, use the member of the Thunder when he was with the Thunder for a year or whatever, he got that team to the playoffs, and that team had absolutely nobody. So I think the Suns still pulled it out. It might be a bit of a challenge for them, um, though. It, uh, the second round is going to depend on if Booker comes back because um, they need Booker. They need Booker if they really want to go all the way. I think the ones who might be in a bit of trouble is uh, the Milwaukee Bucks of Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton can't come back. There's a there's you have um, Vucevic, Demar Derozan, and Zach Levine, and the reason they lost that first game was because those three guys went four for 15, four for 20, or something like that. If those guys make half of those shots, it's two-one Chicago Bulls, hands down. DeMar DeRozan has a reputation of being this guy who does not show up in the playoffs. Well, do you know what happened yesterday? DeMar DeRozan ended up scoring 40-plus points and put in, doing doing what he did all season. And the thing is, is that, is, you know, it's either it's either going to be DeRozan, and if DeRozan can't do it, Levine, and if Levine can't do it, Vucevic. The only way that team loses now without a Chris Middleton is of all those three guys, Shoots up 30 percent. so I'm really looking forward to that series for real.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I mean injuries it's just it just sucks that that's what it's coming down to I
0: I think the suns are in for a, a a challenge actually because I'm seeing here that Booker, even though he's only been he's only been rolled out for Friday's game as of now, it says that it could be two to three weeks, possibly. You know, yeah. worst case scenario. Uh, I'm, that's not what it is. No confirmation yet, I don't think, but you know, that's possibility. Being that the Pelicans already pulled out one game, if they're able to pull out one more, like specifically next game, and are up two to one now. And the Pelicans, like at this point, there's not really any expectations. And I think when when you go out there like you uh, talked about with the with the Nets earlier, and you playing with nothing to lose. I don't think there's anything scarier than that. Oh yeah. And then oh, yeah. on the other side, having so much pressure, which I think the Suns are kind of equipped to handle, being that they have, even though I'm not a fan, uh, a leader like Chris Paul I'm at the top. Uh, a,
1: a, a, a leader, a leader like Chris, like Chris Paul at the top that has all this experience. Uh, you know, hopefully he can keep them in the right mindset. Don't panic. We're
0: going to be okay. And they do have a lot of talent on that team, but the Pelicans are just, they got nothing to lose. So they're, they're a wild card. I, I feel like somebody like Ingram can explode. CJ McCollum can explode. So uh, it's definitely a lot more interesting series now especially that it's already 1-1. Then, uh, in terms of the Bulls, uh, I'm very, very happy for DeMar DeRozan, for sure. Uh, I remember when they made these moves, I'll admit, I'm still not completely sold on the Bulls team. I like a lot of their players, but I'm not sold on their team, I think,
1: just because they're very offensively talented. Uh. And I have I, I think that their weakness at the end of the day when it
0: comes to not, you know, just in the playoffs, but at the end of the at the end, like in the finals, whether it's Eastern Conference or whatever, the defense, like I want to see what what happens when we get to that gritty side, which I'm already giving them a lot of credit saying that I think they can get there. But I don't know if they get past that point, uh, but I remember when they first built this team. Uh some reporter or maybe it was an analyst, whatever, I don't remember who it was, uh made a comment about DeRozan being the worst signing. One of the big like it was one of the worst signings in NBA history, like for the Bulls. Like, man, like what a joke that they're investing in this guy or whatever. And like, holy crap, what a season he's had to like shut those people up yeah, and happy. just lead this team. Which again, I guess you could say is uh, maybe another one of those superstarless teams. Of course, they have these players that are on the cusp of being that are are great. Maybe not a superstar, but great all stars. However, else you want to like talk about them or or uh, set them apart. But uh, another another big blow to a contending team in the Bucks with losing Middleton. Uh, have they said how bad? his is I haven't seen Spring. a sprain
3: yeah he's, uh, he, do you know a timeline died. there was some sort of timeline I think it was three weeks if I'm not mistaken I'm pretty sure let me double check uh,
0: reevaluated in two weeks according to Adrian Wojnarowski. so that and, that's and, another and, one like just just that he's gonna be reevaluated that's pretty much he's out for two weeks at the very least you would this, think barring yeah. barring some kind of
1: crazy turnaround so uh that's another tough one uh so i mean we're gonna i don't
0: i don't think that it that the bucks are done like it's gonna take a monumental stepping up i i also have always been a big fan of uh drew holiday so he's probably gonna have a lot of stepping up to do i, I think he's a great player already but He's going to have to step up. Maybe uh, one of the other young guys, or Portis. I'm a big Portis guy too. And we're going to have to see some monumental games from Giannis to be able to stack up with this this bull squad, which I think is hyper offense.
3: Yeah, big time. That's because Lonzo was one of their defensive pieces and that that leader. So, um, you know, I've always liked Lonzo because he's your uh, traditional point guard. So gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch man, and that's because the bulls are are and not a hundred percent, but neither neither are the Bucks. I would've liked to have seen both teams that complete hundred percent, no whole bars you know that's what you want as a basketball fan right so
0: yeah, at the end of the day, you know you want to see your team win, but you the right way you know yeah, yeah. you don't want you don't want anyone to get hurt, you don't wanna see teams weaken you want to beat teams and you want to beat them at their best yeah, so uh. You know, the those guys out there injured, uh, you know, hopefully they're okay. Come back soon. Sooner than expected, I hope. Uh, what else do we got here in terms of the playoffs? Anything else?
3: I think that kind of sums up the playoffs. There's still um, five, five and a half minutes left here in the Golden State Warriors and Nuggets, 103-101, to 101, so that's a close game. Uh, so other than that... Um, we will talk about you know next week. Next week we we'll have a big, a little bit better even, as far as, huh?
0: even in that series. Like to another degree, like injuries. Like the Warriors kind of went through it last year, where they lost so many players and were just with Curry. And then this year, the Nuggets too. Like being that uh, Jokic is is uh, kind of running without his two uh, scoring partners in number one, Jamal Murray. I thought. Uh, had a big step last year in his career and then uh michael porter jr the the young upstart being that he's playing without those two guys which were uh kind of i think options uh two and three uh i i think denver did improve a little bit with some of their teams adding uh
1: specifically aaron gordon but uh i don't know i feel like uh Giannis is in
0: kind of feeling a little bit of what Joker's going through now that he's kind of going to be a lot more of the focal team uh, the focal point of his team where it's kind of like a superstar trying to lift up his team to defeat this hyper-offensive team. So I guess it's kind of a kind of a mirror. No,
3: yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, you know, Joker's doing these things without, again, like you said, Jamon Murray and, and Michael Porter Jr. So, and I've always said, he's elevating the style of play for a lot of these guys by having Joker on the court as that, you know, focal point running the offense through through your center. Like he's making a lot of these players a lot better than than what they were, right? And I always say, oh, he gives them plus 10 stats on other stats, right? Um, but when you have, you know, Mon- Monte Morris has had a great year. Jeff Green uh, kind of he's been up and down. But, you know, you remember Jeff Green was always his role type player. But, you know, to come into this game and have some decent games throughout the year it means big. And, and Aaron Gordon, a huge. I thought that was a great signing. Awesome signing. I think Aaron Gordon's a little bit underrated as far as what he can do. Um, so I I agree. I think that's a great pickup. Just so that way, that way, when they are at full strength, you're gonna take a, you're gonna take all this load off of Joker, and it's gonna be something wonderful to behold. So I know I can't I can't wait for the Nuggets to be at that full you know capacity either. But hopefully, hopefully, I, I want them to take out the Warriors. Even though I, I don't dislike the Warriors, but I want I want I want to see the Cinderella team because I think they're probably one of the more um, teams that are not probably are gonna have a hard time.
0: Yeah, again, like we mentioned, underdog story. You know, yeah. it's a guy trying to trying to be like the solo superstar against these teams with so many big names. You know, I haven't really, I haven't heard of something like that since probably two
3: thousand eleven. Okay, some <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Dirk Nowitzki, and everybody, and, and that's true. It's 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 Harold right. Dirk Nowitzki, you know, carried his team to a championship over LeBron James and the Miami Heat, so it was glorious. I'll agree. It was glorious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, is that uh is that it?
3: Week four? Yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up uh um our episode for the week uh, i did want to and, and i always say this every time we finish up i do want to go into anime and i always say I'm, we're going to start off with anime so week five next week we're starting with anime and then sports i'm going in reverse direction i do have stuff that i want to talk about uh for, <laughs> <laughs> this and i always say it, you know we, we always get it the stages, so we never really have a chance uh, so i'm going to let Rico go right now we're doing we're going to go over anime next week and we're going to start off with that i do have a couple of things i want to go over for the anime uh, anime part um and then we, before we go more into, it, I think we're going go to a little bit, and then because oh, games to see what comes up for the games. Um, for those of you who don't, we're still working on our name. We've actually made some ground as far as what we're going to call ourselves, and um, once we come up with that, we're going to kind of, you know, run with it, see what we get our name, get comfortable before we might start publishing, right? So we'll see where we kind of go from there
0: yeah and i'm letting marcus know right now just try and stop me from opening the show and talking about what i want to talk about no anime anime <laughs> is banned from this
3: podcast <laughs> hey I have, I, hey just <laughs> like i have a lot and like, yeah, don't get me wrong again we've always said we talk, we talk about everything a lot about everything right we, we know a lot we talk a little about everything and we kind of explore all the different mediums you know again i love stories so i'm gonna suck up everything that tells a great story so
1: yeah, so breaking news. Uh
0: starting next week, uh, we're gonna officially be known as the Dallas Mavericks Pokemon Podcast. You heard it here first, and that's all we're gonna talk about. No anime up in here. No, <laughs> no anime.
3: I'm but, about
0: that. but uh but yeah, uh another another good week. Uh by this time next week we'll have had our hands on Overwatch two beta, so i Think uh that's probably the big thing we have looking forward to next week. Uh if I allow Marcus to get a word in, maybe we'll talk about anime. I know once I get going, I can go and go and go. So yeah, I'll do my sense. best. I'll, I'll do my best to kind of give you your opening. I'll give you a little nudge, like, okay, Marcus, okay.
1: But uh but this has been Rico and Marcus, week yeah. four.
3: Y'all have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week.
1: Later.